Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
song. What a song. Puts you in the best mood. I love that tune. I love that tune. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Everything you could want in a program. Perfect dialogue, amazing flow, great guests. The show keeps evolving. We keep growing bigger and bigger. Uh, so much planned for the future of the Rory Sauter Show. The Guys, the weekend is approaching. I hope wherever you are, very, very well. And uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, been a hectic week. Uh, a lot to uh, pay attention to, a lot to address. Um, just in the last 48 hours alone, in the last two days since we've been off air, I can't even believe it. Um, we are living, like I say most episodes, we are living in a time like never seen before. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy. Um, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. Uh, you are all incredible. The show is listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Again, that's 25 countries, 70 online platforms. And, guys, um, I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. Um, you know, the, how far we've come is absolutely miraculous. You know, almost three years later, here we are, episode 277. Episode 277. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. You know, and um, I really just woke up one day, as everybody knows, and, and picked up the mic, and uh, it just became a routine for me. It, it became part of my livelihood. It became part of who I, who I am. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a natural gift. And I'll tell you, the way we can build our audiences and capitalize on these different outlets and platforms is, is quite something in today's society. And it really goes to show how evolved uh, we've come, you know, and, and how so many people uh, can have a voice especially with all the bullshit going on in the mainstream media. I mean, my God. Um, here, here's what I will say. Um, as everybody knows, I, I am coming out with a new network. I'm taking this election season very seriously. I've been, we've been raising money. I've been working on it. You know, I've had a lot going on, though, so I will be releasing it as soon as possible. As soon as I have more information or any updates, I will let all of you know. You guys will be the first people I relay the message to. Um, I'm also going to be uh, starting with Salem here very soon. Uh, we've been having issues because of the corona thing in Arizona and their studios. So if that happens, that's going to be uh, amazing. Um, I'm also talking to other uh, networks throughout, throughout the United States and even internationally. So uh, definitely keep you up to date on that. Up to date on that. Uh, I want to introduce to the panel, uh, I believe he's with us right now, um, let's make sure, we have crime expert, Carlo Cavazzuti. Carlo, how are you? I'm very well tonight, Rory. How are you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there, man. Uh, it's just a lot going on. Um, a lot to wrap my head around, a lot to uh, really uh, just comprehend. I mean, everything you got, you know, it's so many different oh, it's just a, it's, it's crazy craziness you, you have so much coming your way you have so much on your plate uh, 
I think you are going to blow out nationally and be a superstar on the talk show. Uh, you know, along with all the top ones like Larry Elder, Rick Roberts, all these guys, yeah. Mark Levin. Uh, I, I know these are your heroes. I know these are people you look up to. And th- that is just absolutely aw- awesome. Um, I, I know you bring up all the stuff that a lot of other people don't want to talk about. Uh, you know, this, how about this five-year-old kid that was shot oh, yeah. in the head in front of his two sisters oh, yeah. uh, in North oh, Carolina? Yeah, yeah it's, it's oh. absolutely – it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful, and the media wants to stay silent about it. They don't say a word. You know, they, they completely are uh, – they're they're complicit. I mean, they, they they are the enemy of the people. They are the reason America, in a lot of ways, is so fucked up. Excuse my French, but you know what? It's so true, and we're going to get into that tonight. But you know, speaking of this radio thing, I'll tell you something. You know, people have always asked me, "What's the secret? You know, what's the key to being successful on radio, and to you know, to having you know th- that sort of career?" And uh, you know. Agenda, and, and I said it's very simple. You know, continue conversation uh, in, as long as you can, and you know, every episode, every every single time, you'll get better and better. And you know, literally uh, improvise as well. You know, the best to your ability. I mean, improvising—that's what it's all about. It's all about you know having constructive conversations, carrying on the dialogue. You know entertaining your guests, entertaining the audience, you know, really when you're doing interviews as well, making it all about your guests and really taking the focus uh, off the host, you know, because that's, you know, interviewing and journalism, I'll tell you, it's a fascinating industry. Well, you, you do a super job with that. Every one of your guests, you, you make them all feel like they're the most important person on the air at that time while you are speaking with them. Uh, you have a real knack for that, and you love hearing their opinions. I mean, your guests come from all walks of life. Uh, Joe Murray, uh, whom I'm a friend of, connected through your show, uh, and so many other people, and has op- and some of those people have opened doors up for me to go and do other things, uh, write columns and stuff. You. You, you know I write crime fiction. I love doing it. But, but you know something? This five-year-old boy, this is heavy on my heart. I wish President Trump would come out with the job title, High Lord Executioner, because I would love to be in charge of putting these people to death that commit such atrocities to little kids, the, the child molesters, uh, the, the senseless killers, all of them. I, I think they should be made to suffer more than their victims ever could imagine of suffering. Uh, take into account all their family suffering. Uh, it's true. Because they it's have so lost true. their child and everything. Yeah, Carlo, it's absolutely and, true. And I want, I'm going to get to this. This is a big headline tonight, but I'm, I'm really glad you could be with us. I want to introduce everybody on the panel, and then I'm going to go into opening rants, and then I'm going to get your thoughts on everything. 
All right. That sounds awesome. I'm going to stay right on, and uh, I'll be here uh, all through the show. So I, I, I'll be anxious to get back on. All righty, my friend. Stay with us. And uh, cabazootycrime.com, right? Cabazootycrime.com. Absolutely. And if you want to get a hold of me by email, it's Carlo at cabazootycrime.com. And on Twitter, it's C-A-V, Cav. 45C, and I will respond to everyone that contacts me. Uh, I got some great books out there waiting for the third to come out. I'm working on the fourth. Um, you know, so check out my website, cavazutycrime.com. And thanks for pro- promoting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. Um, we have, let's make sure. Uh, we have speaker and writer, Sam Tully. Sam, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good, Rory. How about yourself? I'm doing very well, man. Uh, you know, just another day, uh, you know, another uh, another episode. Here we are, still stuck in quarantine six months later, and uh, I'll tell you, people are zombies out there. It's a weird, weird world. Yeah, it's really strange out there. I mean, you know, you don't... <laughs> A mask here, a mask there, a mask everywhere, and um, unless you're protesting. If you're protesting and writing, you don't need a mask. That's not required. But if you're trying to live a decent civil life um, in these here United States right now, uh, you need you need a mask. So it, it, it's amazing. It's, it's nuts, and and of course, you know we got Sleepy Joe and the Chameleon. Um, so we have to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, Sam, I'll tell you what. I mean, what a joke. Just when you thought the Biden presidency couldn't get any more laughable or ridiculous, he goes and picks that slob. I mean, she does not have a good track record. She she got, you know, I think she was finished like 1% in the primaries and only only 7% in her uh, area, in her state of California. So, I mean, the woman is not a likable uh, individual, so I, you know, I don't get why there's so many people on the left that are celebrating, but at the same time, there's a lot that are mad about this. So it's weird, I guess. I don't know. Let me tell you just how unlikable this woman is. This woman is so unlikable. The liberal women that I know that had nothing to do with Trump can see just how phony uh, Kamala Harris is. I've been told this by several lib- liberal women <laughs> over a year ago. Even before she was running for president, they could see that this woman is just as phony as phonies can be. And of course, we know uh, how she got into politics in the first place. And I always call her the whore from San Fran. But I like the title of a chameleon because she changes colors and spots and and tones and anything else she needs to do. Uh, you know, she's the second coming of of Hillary as far as being a fake person. She's just really, you know, unnatural. Oh yes, I mean, I mean, look at Sam. You know, I want to, I want to, I really want to get into this tonight and talk about this. I mean, there's so many flaws and and bad characteristics about this woman. I mean, she's so immoral. I mean, let's let's give some examples. She locked thousands of people up for marijuana. I mean, everybody on my show, and I've been vocal about this many times, I'm pro-marijuana. 
I think, you know what, if alcohol is legal, you make marijuana legal. And I think it, it can do a lot because it, it makes the state a lot of money. And if you put it into the right, you know, places, you can rebuild infrastructure, you can rebuild economies, you can rebuild communities, you can rebuild businesses. There's a lot that this, this, this can do. Um, and I've, I've been, you know, advocating for it to be federally legal for a long time. And, you know, I especially think it's ridiculous that anybody would get locked up for having a few joints on them. And that's what she was doing. We're talking a few grams. We're not talking pounds. We're not talking a lot. I mean, this woman is so petty. And then she takes money from people like Jeffrey Epstein's law firm. She tried to call the Justice Smollett situation a modern-day lynching, and she tried to say it was this big racial attack, which we learned later on, and we knew all along it was bullshit. Um, I mean, this is this woman is a phony in every single way. She's an opportunist. You know, she she's a, a partisan hack. And you know what? And look at look at the look at how she failed to prosecute the sex abuse in the Catholic Church because she got paid off. You know what? I'm a Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic. That that's what what these priests do in these churches and in these areas is is disgraceful. It's a slap in the face to my religion. It makes us look bad. I'm tired of the priest jokes. I'm tired of all that shit. You know, it, it, it's really stereotyped and generalized um, our religion in a bad way, um, what the priests have done. And when you don't hold them accountable, it just makes things more like a laughing stock. And I'll tell you, um, that, you talk about an epidemic. I mean, that, that's a sick, sick, bad, twisted trend going on right now in, you know, in these Catholic churches. I'll tell you with these priests. So, and I mean, they're paying out with lawsuits millions and millions and millions of dollars. I read about stuff every single day in all these major cities. And the, the archdiocese, I mean, they're they're bankrupt. I mean, they pretty much are. I mean, they, they they've been handing out money like goddamn candy. But uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's okay. But and I want to get back to her and the marijuana thing. Let's not forget that when she was running for president, she stopped on that. Breakfast Club in New York, bragging about sitting in college, uh, smoking marijuana, listening to Tupac, and 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 when they weren't small, even out yet, when they weren't even out and yet, and they weren't even out yet, <laughs> and they weren't. I mean, that's just how phony she is. I mean, that was about can you imagine, Hillary and Sam, hot can, Sam? Think about this, Sam. Can you imagine if Trump said something like that? They would make it into the biggest story, and they'd never stop talking about it. That's how. Silly the media is, but with her, they don't even bring it up. Well, I mean, of course, I mean, that's just like saying if Trump would have said that he visited all 57 states, you'd still be hearing about it. So, so we yeah, exactly. Remember when Obama said that? Remember when Obama said that? I couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's why. And remember, remember Joe Biden? Three letter word, jobs. Three letter word. That's what Obama's going to bring back. (laughs) What a joke. Yeah, jobs and well, I mean, you know, come on, let's get off of Joe now. You know, he he likes little kids rubbing the hairs down his legs, you know, and he likes them sitting on his yeah, lap. So. I, I used to play so. with little kids. They used to come in the pool. They used to rub my legs. I get really hairy, and uh, they do funny things in the water. What the? Well, I mean, and what this? if Trump said that? I mean, what if Trump? I mean, can you imagine the backlash? Oh, oh yeah, they would they would be looking in law for child uh, sexual predators on all 
50 states by now. <laughs> you know, they have them on a watch list. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Are you, are you a junkie? Come on, man. That's like asking me if you're on cocaine. And that's another comment yeah. I can't believe he made. And he made it to a black news reporter. I mean, yeah, Jesus did. Christ, if a Republican made that comment to a black news reporter, uh, they would be called, a ra- be called a racist until the end of time. Oh, yeah. They always they're called a racist all, all before they even get online. So, you know, you know they would they'd be ran out of states by now. But, hey, he's a Democrat. You know, you're all, a Democrat. I mean, look at, look at everything he said. Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm about to say being a Democrat means that everything, you know, you never have to say you're sorry. You can just screw up all day long, and it's okay. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you, the double standard is, is absolutely mind-blowing. It's, it's incredible. It, you know, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, these people can get away with murder. They are never, ever held accountable for anything. I mean, we can go on and on about how all these situations, whether it's Omar, whether it's AOC, whether it's Hillary, whether it's Pelosi, whether it's Schumer, shit, you know, all these people get away with everything. They get away with it all. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, I'm surprised Pelosi's even able to stand up. She seems so tanked half the time when she's talking, but hey, they you know, they they don't care. I mean, uh you know, they, for the first the first first year of Trump's administration, I think they had psychiatrists all over the place saying that he was mentally inept, that you know that he should be taken out of office, and to have everyone ignore uh, Biden's condition is, is amazing to me. The guy gets on stage and doesn't even know what city or state he's in half the time. You know, and he mispronounced <laughs> Kamala's name yesterday. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, after they were saying it was racist to, to say her name wrong. Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's hilarious. You know, I mean, <laughs> and Sam, Sam, you're Sam, you're a black man. Can can we please put to rest that Camilla Harris is the first, you know, whatever they want to say, woman of color? This woman is not black. She, her father was from Jamaica. He owns slaves. I don't know why they're not talking about that. And her mom's Indian. She's not fucking black. Excuse my language. Sorry, well, but I'm just saying this is yeah, ridiculous. Well number, well, number one, yeah, that is interesting. The fact that. Her ancestry owned slaves, you know. So, you know, see, myself personally, I don't identify as a, quote, African-American. I never have because it it, it didn't make much sense to me because when I used to work, I worked with two fellows that came from Africa. There was a black guy from Nigeria and then a white guy that was born in South Africa, and they became American citizens. So what the heck was I supposed to call him? (laughs) You know, I just happened to be an American who's black. You know, I mean, yeah, I got African heritage, but but that's you know, I don't I don't get up in arms over people saying that if they want to go with that title, fine. But no, this woman, like you said, her mother is Indian, her father is Haitian, her ancestry are slave owners. That's what they should talk about if you want to say she's a woman of color. Yeah, she's a woman whose daddy or granddaddy or great granddaddy had a whole lot of different color people working for him involuntarily. But, of course, they want to try to use the race card. And as far as this, you know, this, this nonsense, this terminology of people of color, well, hell, white is color. Every, every pigmentation is a color. I mean, it's stupid. You know, we're, we're, we're all human beings. We're made in God's image. 
and that's pretty much the bottom line of it. But you know, if you're a Democrat, you gotta you gotta check off all these uh these these, these squares. So what they need to do in four years from now is get a Hispanic transsexual uh, 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 a weird. Some other kind of weird thing running for president, so they can make sure they cover all spots. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just nonsense. How about getting the best person to run the country? How about that? And that, and Sam, you bring up the best point because we have all these people that are too focused on color. They're fixated on it. It's identity politics. It's a disease. How these people? Oh my God! Oh my God! I mean, it's the first black president. How about you look at policies? How about you stop stare? How about you stop staring at the appearance? We're all Americans. I thought Bill be. I, I thought Bill Clinton was the first black president. <laughs> you know, all his stuff is nonsense. Right, and look at categories. And phony it is. I mean, look at how phony all these, all the feminists, all the smelly feminists last night come out. And they start saying, oh, my God, Camilla Harris, women's rights. She's going to be such an advocate for us. Oh, my God, everything's going to be great. Yeah, we're talking about a woman who was a whore who pushed her way to the top and never, you know, I mean, she didn't earn it. We all know what she did with Willie Brown, Big Dick Willie. We all know. We all know what happened, don't we? Well, Everybody, well let me correct you. It. She admitted it a long time ago. It's just insane. Well, well let me correct you, Roy. She earned it. Roy, she, she earned it. Willie attested that. <laughs> no, but listen, though, and, and you're right, though. Yeah. When, people say pers- when people say person of color, it's like they're putting themselves in a different box than, every, than right. you know, American. They want to be, like, when you say African-American, like, like when, when people say that to me, I'm, I just say, why don't you just say you're American? You're not from Africa. Right. Absolutely. It's not, like I said, this, this this white guy from you know I used to work with him. He, he was born in South Africa, you know. He and he became an American citizen. So he, he, he's as much African. He's more African American than most folks I know, you know. And I've always said to people that would ask me, "Quote if it's true, who his lineage is that Barack Obama was an African American. His mama was American. His daddy was African. You know, if, if you want to go down that road, but it's all nonsense. Like I said." How about the best person to run the country? Right now, the best person to run the country is in the White House. I mean, there's, there's no I doubt agree. about that. That's the best person to run the country. And that's what we should focus on, and that's who we need to get reelected. I agree. I agree. And, and you know, we got a lot, a lot to, uh, I'll tell you, get to tonight. But I, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm going to get to you here in a little bit for some opinions. But tell everybody where they can connect with you. Well, they can connect with me. Uh, on Facebook or YouTube, and I'm starting to get on Parlor now before they kick me off of Facebook. <laughs> Under my name Samuel Tolley, T O L L E Y. Also, my website inhimfirst.com, and I'm just changing my email address to inhimfirst at outlook.com. So, yeah, I mean, we just got to stay in the fight. We just got to keep working uh, uh, to reelect the president and ignore all the nonsense. People of goodwill, people that that love to make money, and people that got moral decency, they can see what's going on. A whole lot of folks may not say anything, but they know. And and, and all we need to do is say our, our, our feet to the fire and make sure we get to the polls and don't stand for any of the nonsense and get the president reelected. We should be fine. 
I agree. I agree, my friend. Absolutely. Um, stay with us. A lot to get into. Big show tonight. I will be getting. I will, I will be getting back to you. All right. Take care. All righty. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. Um, I believe he's with us. We have popular activist Equintal Middleton. Equintal, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Good, man. What's going on? What's new? What's the four one one, man? You're you're over in New York City. I heard things are crazy right now. Crazy, but that's New York, man. I'm just following you, man. You you the coolest dude, man. You you my dude now, man. You the coolest. <laughs> I like what you're doing, man. I really appreciate what you bring, you know. Well, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you're doing for the black community. I appreciate how you're waking people up, how you're really making people face the music and, you know, really pointing them in the right direction of promise. You know what I mean? People need, they need, they need hope right now. They, 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 they need a change for those people that haven't walked away from the Democratic Party. They, they really, you know, need to turn off the news. They need to stop listening to these politicians who are trying to tell them that they're impoverished in poverty and that they're oppressed, you know, but, but you're, you're really, I'll tell you, you're doing a lot of stuff, man. Um, and you, you know what it's like, you know, you grew up in, in, in places in New York city where you'd walk outside, like you told the audience before, and there would be body bags. You actually know the hood, you know, how these people operate and how they function. And I, you know, I saw a poll the other day on Breitbart, which is a very reliable news source. It said 80%. It said 80% of the black community wants the police to stay because they want to stay protected because what they're really worried about is the black-on-black crime. It's not this phony Black Lives Matter narrative about the white cop. You know what I mean? Wow, look at that. And I was listening to uh, uh, Michael Brown uh, the other day, Michael Brown. Oh yeah, he, that, that pretty, you know what, yeah. Edwin Tall, that pretty much kind of that pretty much started this entire mess. I mean, in a lot of ways, oh, I, you know, after that, after that Ferguson hoax. I mean, let's face it, Michael Brown robbed a corner store, attacked the guy in the corner store, then went outside, was approached by police, and he attacked police. And then we saw the phony narrative: hands up, don't shoot which was a lie, a big, huge lie, because he did not have his hands up. We all know that, according to several witnesses. And then you get all these hooting, hooting and hollering, you know what I mean? All, these, all this noise in the streets. It's crazy, man. It's off, all, off of fake stuff. I mean, this is how they create division. This is how they advance their political agenda, on lies. It's crazy. And then when, when we say all lives matter, we're considered racist. What the hell? <laughs> well, I'm hearing more and more uh, notable black leaders that are speaking out against the defunding of, uh, you know, police. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just a matter of us not being comfortable anymore, being fe- feeling impoverished, feeling, you know, it's like we're always crying out, uh, you know, that we're impoverished, that we're, you know, we're down, the white man keeping us down and. It's hard as a you know a black guy coming out of the hood, still in the hood, uh, talking against that narrative. You know, we call it uh, you called it uh, identity politics. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, bring across the point that my you know our identity shouldn't really be built on our color or our experiences. You know, our, our identity. We is all bleed the same blood. God is. Yeah, we all bleed the same blood, man. So you know. 
It's uh, the leftists, you know, they are they have definitely openly declared their desire to uh, obliterate religion. Like Biden, he is, uh, you know, he wants to end Wall Street. Now he's got his homegirl with him. You know, he's got. Uh, so it's like uh, they they. It's a hard thing, you know, when you look at it. But you know, you could see God's word coming to uh, come to the forefront. Um, it's just hatred of religion. It's hatred of what God wants to do here. But Trump, you know, he made a big move today. God bless, you know, what he did with Israel, and that's 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 awesome, man. I was I was like, wow, you know, it's it's a he did a very very great thing. So I've always supported Trump. As a black man, because of his support for Israel, because, you know, he supported Israel, you know, God blesses America, God blesses, you know, so his support for Israel, his uh, his stand on uh, abortion and his uh, his values as far as biblical worldview of marriage, you know, that's that's what the three main reasons why I support Trump. Plus, he's a cool guy like you. So, you know, why not? You know what I mean? So uh, I just I've taken a stand, you know, to to speak against what I know is, is right. And then, look, Rory, we got Bibles being burned in Oregon. Why? 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 Why Bibles? Why are they burning Bibles? Why not the Quran? Why not the New World Translation? But they're burning Bibles because they know that the Bible is the one thing that God gave us that speaks against a lot of the nonsense that's going on in politics today. So we're burning Bibles, you know, it's, it's just, it's humanity crying out against God, you know, against God, not for God, but it's humanity crying out against God. When we're burning Bibles, that says a lot, you know, why burn that, that document? Because that's the thing that the enemy knows that, you know, once Americans and the whole world leans towards the understanding of what the Bible is saying, we'll have a whole different, you know, a whole different narrative. We'll look at politics as a, in a different way. No, I, I hear you. Really, and, and and this is this is what we're this is what we're dealing this is what we're dealing with. And you know, we have. And I was talking about this on my show the other day. And you know, you bring up the Bible, and that's a great point. And because look at what the Bible does. I mean, it it really is the way that people can unite. People can, um, you, you know, really do do good. You know, uh, and that's what America was built on. You know that that's what Listen. literally. Um, yeah, our, our values. I mean, you know, in Christianity, I, in my strong opinion, Christianity is the most important part of Western civilization. And I don't think anybody should run for office unless they're a Christian. That may sound harsh, but I think, you know, you look at what no, the founding fathers wanted, you know, and, and, and we have the cranny. You, you absolutely bring up the best point. They coddle and enable Muslims, but Christians are the enemy and are getting demonized and are getting literally crucified, um, and nobody says a goddamn word. But if somebody goes after a Muslim, oh, shit, all hell is going to break loose. you got problems there. Now, Barack Obama, you know, when he was in office, he said he wanted to fundamentally change America. Now, my eyebrow went up because we're saying, like, what, what do you mean by fundamentally change America? America was built on Christian values. So when he said that, that was a big you know, eye-opener for me to say, like, you want to change, what, the biblical values that America was built upon? You know, is America perfect? Are Christians perfect? Are Americans perfect? No. But we have a foundation, and it comes from the Bible. So when Obama said that, he was like, I was, you know, I was like, wait a minute. You know, I'm in the hood and everything, but, 
you know, God transformed my mind to understand that, you know, America was built on biblical values. Uh, but when you get a God that says, you know, I want to change, fundamentally change America, that says a lot. Um, and then you have Trump, you know, coming in and he supports a lot of, uh, you know, biblical values. So I don't, I'm shocked that a lot of uh, Christians uh, and, and ministers that I know personally have fallen back from Kanye West because, you know, of, of what he stands for and because of support of Trump. I'm really shocked because, you know, okay, if you don't like Kanye, if you don't like his music, if you don't like, even if you don't like Trump, you still should like, as a Christian, the values that he upholds, like abortion and, and you know, so on. So it's like, I think this is, we're in a weeding process, man. This is, this is serious here. This is really, you know, this is really going down. You know, you, your voice, man, is really speaking out loud. Well, this is crazy. Well, you know, we, we look at what's going on in the world. We can see that there is a crying out for justice, but we don't, we're not looking at the justifiable source. Who is God? Who is Jesus Christ? You know, we can't we can't define evil without finding out who what is evil. What's your definition of evil? And can we talk about evil without assuming a moral law? And then we need a moral framework. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it all comes from God, man. But we're just watching this world unfold, and you know, I'm I'm watching and praying, and I'm trying to be as active as you are, man. Well, I appreciate that, man, and, and I, you know, I agree with you, and I, and I think a lot of people need to understand. They, you know, there's some conservatives out there that are like making statements. Oh, Kanye's disrupting the election. He's, he's, he's he shouldn't he doesn't belong here. He's this isn't you know this isn't for him. I don't know what he's doing, but if you really look at it closely, if you look at it strategically, he's actually doing Trump a huge favor, and I'll tell everybody why. Just like I did on my show the other day. There, we acknowledge, we understand that Trump has a record high, a record number of black support. Okay, we get that. I, I think right now, the last poll I saw, it was over 30%, 3-0. So that's really good. That's historic. That's like right. quadruple of what any Republican has ever gotten with the black community. But there are also those handful, handful that will still vote for Biden. There's also, a, yeah. a, you know, a yeah. good a good variety of them that don't like Trump and they don't like Biden. So what's the, what's their, what's their alternative? Their alternative is voting for Kanye West because, you know, and usually otherwise they would vote for a Democrat because no devoted, you know, dedicated Trump supporter who's black is going to vote for Kanye West. Kanye West is getting the votes for the people that do not want to support Biden. Right. That's true. That's true. But it all boils down to I debate with a lot of people on Facebook and then, you know, in person. Um, I try to keep it as civil as possible, even when they try to make it uncivil. Um, but when it all when it all boils down to, you know, you ask a person, why would you why do you support Biden? And uh, when they don't have like good concrete, you know, any good statistics, any, you know, any biblical foundation, uh you realize, you say, you know what? You're supporting Biden, and it's not a, it's not a political too much. It's not, it's a moral issue. You know, when you lay down statistics, you say, this is what Trump stands for. This is what Biden stands for. This is the statistics that Trump. Right. This is what Trump has done since he's been in office. This is what Biden. This is his history. You go down the statistics, so you attack it, you know, three different ways, and you look at it, and you say, you know what? It's a moral issue with you. This is morals. You know, this is a. This is a moral war right here. This is a this is, we are engaged in a civil uh, war of values, 
and uh, you look at Biden, you look at Trump, and you say, well, you know, where do they, where they, where do their values lie? You know, so it's no longer always oh, black and white. These are these. This is about your moral values. When you lay your head down at night and you say, I feel good voting for someone who supports abortion, the murder of the unborn. That's a moral issue, you know, that you, you're going – it's not just statistics that you're looking at. You're looking at moral issues here, and that's, that's where the heart of the matter is. You know, when you pull that lever, when you go to vote, it's within your heart. And, you know, I don't think sometimes – sometimes it's not about laying out statistics and articles and right. showing people proof. I've been through all of that. Sometimes it's about, you know what, you have a heart, you have a heart issue. It's your conscience. You know, you're not. Right. I did a video about right. voting according to your godly conscience, and a lot of people are ignoring that. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, you know, look at con- like you know, I I do gotta. Uh, I want to keep you on. I'm gonna get to you here in a little bit again. Um, but I, wa- I want to say my last point. You look at Kanye West and how he's utilizing his platform, how he's really putting him- himself on the line. You know, he's. Many, many would agree that he's the greatest artist of his generation. They don't agree with him politically. Many people have said that even before he ever talked anything about politics. The guy's been around 20 years. Um, you know, he's made a fortune in music, but he's also made a fortune in business. He's, he's worth over a billion, with a B, dollars. And, uh, you know, the, the media, when he, when he brings all these important issues to fruition, to, to life, the media wants to call him crazy. I mean, he's really, I mean, think about all the friends he's lost. Think about every, you know, with, in Hollywood, you know, how he's gone against that evil and spoken out about, spoken out against, against the corruption and really put these people on blast. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. Most times people will just stay silent, but this guy really wants to better humanity and he's really taking action on the real uh, black uh, life issue, which is the unborn. You know, he went on his Twitter and talked about how much the devil Planned Parenthood is, how much they've killed 22, what was it, 22 or 23 million babies uh, in 50 years. I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing and insane. It's crazy, yeah. crazy right now. Now, go ahead absolutely. real quick. It, it, you know, that's, that's what I'm just talking about. You know, he lays out the stats, and then, you know, if you can ignore the fact that 22 million babies were murdered and still vote, for someone that supports that, then it's a moral issue, right. you know. And Kanye, right. yeah, he's laying it out all on the line, just like Jesus did for us, man. He's it's still, true. He's it's definitely so true. laying it out, you know, his whole career and everything. You got big time DJs saying that they no longer like his music and they want the old Kanye back. Why do they want the old Kanye back? Because Kanye has changed and he's changed for for God, you know, he's changed for Jesus Christ. Right. So they want the, you know, they want that old Kanye back, you know. No, and if, and if anybody, if anyone can make change and, and, and help the black community with, 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 you know, getting, you know, them to open their eyes about Trump, it's Kanye West. He has the, the most giant platform and following, I think, out of any rapper in Hollywood. Um, and he's, you know, he's not, he's not, I don't want to just label him a rapper. I mean, the guy is a, he's a, he's a jack of all trades. I mean, the guy is brilliant. The guy can do anything. Uh, look at his clothing line. I mean, look at look at all the investments he's made. Look at I mean, it goes on, on and on. Man. I mean, Definitely. you know, and, and even Elon it, Musk. I'm, I'm, even Elon Musk said he would be his VP. And I'm I'm speaking from a a former atheist drug trafficker. You you talked about you support weed. You know, <laughs> I used to traffic that stuff. 
So uh, you, you can know, hear I'm, me okay, I'm, right? I'm, I can hear you fine. So okay, I'm perfect. I'm, it didn't I'm cut out or anything. It didn't a... cut out. It didn't cut out earlier. No, not at all. I don't think so. Okay, you know, okay, you know, okay. continue though, real quick, and then I got I got to get to the next person, but I will get back to you. But what were you saying about the weed stuff? No, I was just saying, you know, you you said earlier that you don't, you know, you don't. You don't see anything wrong with a little bit of weed, and I'm saying to my, I'm saying to you and everybody out there that I was a, a, a former weed trafficker, a drug trafficker, a uh, weed smoker, a, uh, a a former atheist, and um, you know, for me to come from that and still, you know, say that you know Kanye, is still, you know, is the man. I, no one can tell me that I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't know the hood, you know, because I, I have a, I have a past. You know, so I'm coming right. all the way back from that, just like Kanye did, and saying, "Hey, we need to open our yeah. eyes, man. We need to, we need to let God. the scales yeah. fall off." Right. You, 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 yeah, exactly. Open your eyes, and you found God, and you found you found the light. And and a lot of people, it's happening to a lot of people. I will say, uh, Equintal, thank thank you for joining us. Stay with us. I will get back to you here later on in the show because we still have a few hours sure thing, left. So man. so we'll definitely have more time to talk. And tell everybody where they right, can yeah. connect with you as well. Oh man, I'm on uh, YouTube, Quint's Advice on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Quint's Advice, Q U I N T S underscore Advice. Uh, just started a new series there on uh, Instagram, and of course Facebook, uh, Equinto Middleton. That's a little hard to find, but uh, even on Facebook, you can, you know, I have a Facebook page, Quint's Advice on Facebook. So you know, you can look me up. You should find me. I love it. I love it. I love it, buddy. We always love having you here. Thank you. Uh, stay with us. Thank you. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have, I want to make sure, political operative. Hold on. Let's make sure. I want to make sure John is with us. Yeah, we have political operative and columnist John Stubbins. John, what is going on, buddy? Rory, this is uh, Carlo. You got me. You didn't get oh, John. Uh, Ron, Ron, hold on one second. Hold on. I'm trying to get John. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, let's see here. I think I got John now, actually. John, are you with us? Rory, you there? Yeah, John, how are you? Welcome to the show. John Steubens, everybody. Good. Back with us. Good. Political operative, columnist, doing a lot of big things right now. Uh, he's working with some high notable uh, individuals out of Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, he will tell you about that tonight. But uh, I want to get uh, the latest from you, man. It's a 411. How are you? What's new? I'm doing good, doing good. I uh, Who was the last caller that you had on there? Equintal Ak- Middleton, uh, uh, activist out of uh, New York City. I didn't, uh, I was going to say, I didn't catch his name, but uh, uh, praise God to you, brother. I was going to say, uh, the one thing that stuck out to me in that conversation is, and I and it's something I just I always keep bringing forward because for some reason people will somehow forget, the Democratic Party banned God. They did it on national television at the DNC, uh, and uh, I, I just I don't understand how how they they get away with you know, propagating this nonsense about referring and invoking God when they banned God. So I, I just, I'm just tired of uh, the notion that that all these Democrats try to bring God into the mix when they got rid of God off their charter. 
So I, I just wanted to say that, and I also wanted to salute all your guests here. Um, uh, people, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm connected with some of these people on on uh, Twitter, uh, like Eric Matheny and uh, uh, Colonel Stephen Mitchell and and some of the others. But I went ahead and uh, followed everybody else that was on the list for the show tonight, and some of the people I need to get your information on. But uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Kirazuti and Samuel Tolley, but uh, but man, I tell you what, I uh, I I just I got to tell you last night. After the press conference, the the debacle of uh, Biden and Harris coming out and introducing themselves. What can you believe the that disaster, John? What a disaster! I mean, what a clown show! I, I yeah, it it, it it was so bad, and I, I paid attention very intently, and I was slammed yesterday. I had an eighteen-hour day, uh, but before I went to bed at two o'clock this morning. I went on and did a special news break for uh, for my audience so that they could understand that they lied, specifically Kamala Harris lied to all of America. And so I wanted to point that out, and I exposed her. Uh, it's on YouTube right now under Indivisible with John Stubbins. You can go watch it. But uh, I exposed her lie. She tried to come out. I, don't, I, just, I tell you, the thing that really blew me away, Rory, was that no one on national news last night caught it. No one brought it up. No one discussed it. So I had to expose it. I could not go to bed uh, knowing that no one had brought it up. So here's the bottom line. She gets in front of the, 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 the entire country and tries to rave about how her uh, her, her you know, soon-to-be uh, running mate, Joe Biden and Barack Obama, how they only lost two people that died uh, under the Ebola virus. And here's the deal with that. Why didn't she bring up H1N1 swine flu? I, and I ran the numbers yesterday, before I, again, before I went on live, because I had to be sure about this. The numbers were almost 13,000 dead. And then I did further research. This is all from the CDC, by the way, so they can't refute it. Uh, and then the numbers even further were like 150,000 to 500,000 total dead estimated. And, you know, President Trump gets into office and everybody's like, oh, they want to blame President Trump for these ventilators not being in the hospital, which is total nonsense. That falls directly on the shoulders of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They are the ones that left the hospitals bare. They are the ones that were not prepared, and they sat back for over six months and did nothing about the swine flu, H1N1, nothing, while Americans died. So guess what, Democrats? I don't want to hear you peep. I don't want to hear you run your mouth. And John, doesn't that talk. make you yeah, John, doesn't that make What's you that? sick? Like, let, 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 let's look at the narrative here real quick. I mean, they, Trump, Trump responded and acted right away, you know, and, and saved humanity and saved so many lives. These Democrats sat on this shit for months, and the media never said a damn word about it. The media is of the biggest not. problem. Of course not. And I'll go, even step, I'll go a step further. Because I got into a discussion uh, 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 on this on my show the other day 
I had Michael Johns on, and we had we had a good, great show. Bottom line great here friend, is great friend of mine, good friend of the show. He's been on many times. Love that guy. He was on last week. Yo, I love Michael, and and, and he uh, he just like you uh, had, had proposed uh, me doing a, a syndicated radio show. But but that's that's neither here nor there. The bottom line here is this: you're a good speaker. I think you do a good job at it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, okay, that President Trump made the decision to ban travel from China, okay, and Joe Biden yeah, comes right out. Yeah. Talks about how it's racist and homophobic and all this nonsense. Here's the bottom line. That one decision by President Trump not only saved lives, but I guarantee you, and Michael and I agreed on this the other night, bottom line is that decision in the end, when history is written, is going to go down as President Trump saving lives and being a monumental decision in our history. No doubt about right. it. I mean, think about, think about it, John. It could have been millions. It could have been millions and millions. But instead, it's all, I mean, you know, no, no number is good. We don't want to hear it. But it's, you know, it's in the hundred thousands right now, which a, a lot of people predicted it was going to be much worse. But Trump took action right. the minute he heard, the, you know, a, a thing about it. And then there were experts telling him, oh, no, don't worry. But Trump said, no, I'm not going to let people suffer. I, I'm going to take my own. You know, I'm, I'm going to make my own decision on this one. And he was right. That's right. That's right. And can you believe the gall, the stones of Biden and Harris to stand up in front of the country yesterday and pin, try to pin all the deaths on President Trump? What in the hell would they have done? It would have been much worse because we know, just, I just said it, we know Biden would have allowed travel from China. So, you know what? It would have been in the millions. It would have been an, a, 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 an international disaster because uh, the travel chain would have expanded. And i got to tell you something. Joe Biden is a moron. Anybody that votes for him is an absolute idiot. I mean, it, you know what? And, I, and here's the sad part. They're not voting for him, I don't think. I mean, I, I, listen, is he a likable person? I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's boring. He's dull. He's, I mean, he's sleepy. He's creepy. Uh, very low energy. I mean, the guy doesn't draw enthusiasm. There's not a special appeal there. You know, I, I will admit, I was never a Barack Obama fan. I couldn't stand the guy. I thought he was a disgrace. But at least he had charisma to his voters. At least there was enthusiasm. He was a good speaker. He could manipulate well. He could, he could talk, 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 and that wooed people in. Joe Biden can't even form yeah. a complete sentence or count to four. That's right. That's right. And, yeah, Barack Obama was a great orator, but you know what? He had zero substance. He accomplished nothing. Zilch. I, I challenge any exactly. Democrat to show me exactly. one thing that he did. One. But here's, what, here's what's interesting, John, and, and this, this is really opening up a good conversation. This just goes to show that the Democratic Party would rather have people blow smoke up their ass and tell them what they want to hear than, you know, have the hardcore truth pulled to them in a, in a little bit of a rough way. It's like they want the, the cheap dentist or cheap doctor that's going to do a shitty job 
and sweet talk them rather than the asshole dentist who's going to get the job done or doctor and, you know, going to do it right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's weird. It's just, it's just crazy, Roy. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to spend my whole time talking about that, so I'm going to move on, but, but the, let me, the let me bottom ask you line something, is, no. let me ask you, let me ask you something, John. I mean, how do we get the Democrats to stop going about feelings over facts? I mean, these people, they don't care about facts. I mean, they hate Trump so much, and it just it, it goes into what I just said. They'd rather have people blow smoke up their ass than actually give credit where it's due. You know, they don't. They, even if Trump does something they agree with, they'll never give him credit. They'll never give yeah. him credit because because it, well, he, he doesn't have a D next to his name. He does. Oh well, he does. Yeah, his name it, is Donald, but he's it, not a Democrat. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a D next to his yeah, that, party affiliation. Yeah, that, that's that's. I mean, obviously the D, the D not being in front of his name is part of it. The other part of it is the the fake news media. They have, they have pummeled, and I mean that's pummeled. That's their biggest ally. That's their biggest ally. They, you know, they they've just they just drilled this this nonsense uh, bucket of lies into the American people that watch programs like CNN or MSNBC or read a rag like the New York Times or the Washington Post. It makes people dumber. It makes people dumber. Yeah, they, they have been dumbed down. And then on top of that, a lot of these people are just plumb lazy. They don't want to do any research. Busy uh, with their narcissistic lives. It's all about them. It's all about entitlement. It's all about what you're going to give me. They don't care about anybody else. You see that in the behavior when you look at a city like Portland or Minneapolis or Baltimore or Ferguson or all these other places where all this nonsense started, all the lies. I heard you talking earlier about hands up, don't shoot. We know, we know for a fact that hands up, don't shoot was a lie that Darren Wilson, Officer Darren Wilson, was exonerated by the Obama-Biden White House. Their administration exonerated Officer Darren Wilson. It was a lawful shooting. Why? Because Michael Brown decided to rob a store and then go and assault a police officer and try to take his gun. Period. End of story. All the marches that happened after that are based on BS. They're based on the Marxists malist movement led by the BLM leadership, which proudly stated that they are Marxists and that they want to sweep Marxism across the country. Well, we look at, we look at how, how BLM, how these organizations are put together, how they're orchestrated, what their intentions are. It's never about equality. It's about superiority. It's about taking over. It's about division. It's about advancing their agenda. They, and they, let's face it, the people funding these groups don't give a shit about the people marching or the people protesting. I mean, it, you know, it, and it's all nope. a, a very – it's a sick, sick way of politics because it, it sends the wrong message in every possible way. I mean, it, all that money, you know, when, when all these morons, all these stupid – idiots are donating to stuff like Black Lives Matter or these smelly feminist organizations, 
The money's not going to better any of those causes. It's going in the pockets of all these rich, you know, high-end individuals that are behind the scenes. I mean, this is no secret. You know, it, it, that's right. And it's it, it's it, and why why can't there, there there has to be something done? I mean, these people are invading suburbs now. Um, and, you know, we can yep. talk about Antifa. We can talk about we can talk about Antifa. I mean, they're they're they go into the same sort of narrative as Black Lives Matter. They're a hate group. They're a disruption. Uh-huh. Uh, they're violence. You know, and and I don't know I don't know where we draw the line, but something really has to. Uh, be done uh, soon enough. Otherwise, these people yeah. will keep take, take, taking that extra mile, and they'll, 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 they have no limits, these animals, all of them, every, every one of these Absolutely. Absolutely. The hammer has to be put down, and uh, quite frankly, uh, a lot of people that I've talked to believe that President Trump gets his second term, which I believe he will, and when he does, yeah. he's going to put the hammer down on these people because the American people have had enough. You see in all these cities, there's people trying to, they're fleeing the areas, whether it's Seattle or Portland or New York City, it doesn't matter. People are not going to sit there and allow this to go on and and be afraid to come out of their house, be afraid to take a walk with their dog, whatever, their kids. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. John, John, what scares me, what scares me the most, John, is obviously... Anybody with a sane, logical, functioning mindset, you know, you would think would vote for Trump and we will win this in a landslide. But my, my str- biggest concern, and I talked about this many times, especially with how advanced technology is, um, all the big tech companies, mail-in ballots, voter fraud, man, I'll tell you, that's nothing we should yeah. take lightly. It is a dangerous time no. in our society because the Democrats yeah, want power uh, more than anything. Yeah, how many stories have there been in the last 30 days, four or five different cities in the country? We've seen it. Anybody paying attention, if you're, if you're awake and you're paying attention and you do some simple homework, you know what's going on. You're not being bamboozled by these idiots. Uh, real, real quick, uh, Rory, because I, I know you've got other guests coming on. I'll, I'll tell you what I've uh, got going more on the positive Let's, side here. I want you to share your info, but I want to ask you something real quick. And, John, you've been around for a long time. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of insight. You bring a lot of great value to this program, which I want to thank you for. Uh, but here, here's my question to you, because, you know, we've never really faced a time in our society this crazy or this out of control or this, you know, uh, it's it's just I mean you you can't make this sort of thing up. It's like a movie, and you see all these people moving out of these cities, you know. And I'm from Seattle, so I I moved, but I moved to Arizona like eight years ago. And I'll tell you, you know, I've been back to Seattle. I go back probably once or twice a year to visit family. It looks like a third world country because these politicians have let it just completely uh, sink to the ground. I mean, they don't care. And that's their purpose, you know, and then they raise taxes. Uh, cost of living is ridiculous. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, it, it, you know, it, well, the, the prices there are very similar. The prices there are very similar to New York. And I'll tell you, all these people leaving these areas makes you wonder how are these states where they're going going to manage the overly populated status? Because these people want to go to areas where it's cheap to live 
which is Arizona, yeah. Texas. Uh, you know, I can name so many different states where you can get a good deal for your buck. But that's that's crazy because think about what they do. They bring their blue, uh, you know, demographic vote, vote voting crap with them, and then they're trying to yeah. ruin states. So I mean, here, yeah. here's what yeah. I I mean. I wonder I wonder a lot of things, John. But what if the Democrats actually did this on purpose so they could conquer the electoral college? What if they actually want to take over Texas? What if they want to take over Arizona? They've actually done a pretty good job so far of taking over Arizona. We have one Democrat senator senator right now, Kristen Cinema. We're probably going to have another Democrat in November named Mark Kelly, who was an astronaut, because Martha McSally is a weak candidate. She couldn't even beat Cinema yeah. in the last election. Uh, she was appointed. That's why she's in there. But I'll tell you, there's, it's yeah. a scary time. And I mean, we Arizona's not even red anymore. We're purple. We're a purple state, and we will be blue soon enough. It's crazy. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll say a couple things. First, on Seattle, Seattle just lost their police chief. Okay, so I saw uh, we talked Seattle, about that the other night. Yeah. Yeah, Seattle's in, in big trouble. Uh, I, I just like Minneapolis says. Uh, I guess Minneapolis just. Uh, I guess uh, yeah, Omar just won her uh, primary, uh, which tells you a lot about Minneapolis. Lord I guess, I, I guess I guess Minneapolis Minneapolis is deciding that they uh, well, want to become Syria. Well, John, you got so John, I, you got to hear you got to hear this. John, speaking speaking of Minnesota, you got to hear this. A poll came out the other day showing that Trump's only three points behind Biden in Minnesota, only three points. So people in Minnesota are obviously fed up, but in that one district, she clearly has these yeah, right. people that are delusional. Yeah, she's 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 obviously that district that she's coming from is obviously a Muslim district, uh, which again goes back to the Obama era. Obama allowed that to happen. He's the one that made that district Muslim, right. by the way. So well, yeah, they said, and, they, and, said and, Min- they said Minneapolis. Didn't they say Minneapolis is the number one hot spot for Muslims in America or something? I'm sure it is. I know that my hometown is another one, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Somali, a Muslim, I mean, yes. Uh, but, but to answer your other question, uh, here's what's going to end up happening. If these, vote, if these voters leave these states and go to Texas or Nevada or Florida or Arizona, what they're going to do, they're going to find out real quick that if they continue to vote Democrat, they're not going to have anywhere to run to eventually. Now, that, that will hurt the rest of us as well. There's no doubt about it, but they're going to run out of places to hide, too. And unfortunately, the rest of us will pay the price for their stupidity. So instead of them, again, I go back to being lazy. Instead of doing some homework and finding out, doing some research, figuring out why these policies they've been voting for keep hitting them in this, in this mess, they won't, they won't do that. Instead, they'll just point the finger and then wait for the problem to hit their doorstep. Okay? Only then, only then when it affects one of their kids or one of their family members or somebody loses their job or gets assaulted or whatever, only then will they say, let's do something. I mean, it's just unbelievable. These people are, it's like, you know, uh, the Democratic Party raves about how, uh, about how educated they are and how tolerant they are. It's a big lie because most of these people, they go to these indoctrinated colleges, 
What kind of education are they getting? They're not very bright. These, some of these are some of the no. dumbest people no. I, I have ever no. seen. Exactly. No, no, you're so, you're so, you're absolutely correct. And, um, you know, I know you, I know you have some positive news to share before we let you go. Uh, tell us. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm sitting here right now and I can't, can't obviously disclose, uh, what the, the contents of it, but, uh, I just got today, uh, from my friend Carter Page, his book, which is going to be coming out August 25th. And I yeah. am getting ready to dive into, uh, uh, getting his documentary up and rolling. This is uh, the book is called Abuse and Power: How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President, written by Carter Page. So we're getting ready to dive into that documentary. Uh, after that is over, uh, hopefully General Flynn's case will be decided. I know my friend Sidney Powell's been in court this week on that, and as soon as that is resolved. Uh, we'll also get to work on Sydney's adaptations and bringing her books to television and documentary form. Uh, aside from that, Reagan, uh, executive producer Mark Joseph, who uh, produced No Safe Spaces with Prager and Corolla, uh, we uh, we start production on Reagan next month down in Oklahoma. Uh, and then, uh, you know, aside from that, I've got my show. Uh, we've got No Show Jones, which is going to be moved to 2021 because of the virus. Um, that's the uh, story of George Jones. Uh, obviously, I'm still working on the Opportunity Zone stuff with uh, uh, the Leon Benjamin, who's running for Congress out of Virginia, and he is uh, uh, on President Trump's spiritual advisory board. And then, of course, we have our own men's ministry, the first hour for men, uh, which is run through Prelude Publishing, uh, my partner Mark Cook over there. So uh, I've got a lot going on. And on top of all that, like you said to me earlier this week, uh, I'm getting some uh, some lukewarm discussion and talk about possibly having a radio show as well. So we're we're busy. We're definitely busy. John, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love everything you're doing. Uh, you're really helping America. You're, you're saving a lot of us. Uh, you're doing a, a hell of a lot of activist stuff. Um, the Carter Page thing, man, it's just a tragedy how they went after him, framed him. Uh, I mean, he, he did nothing wrong, you know, and it, it goes to show how our government operates. I mean, they can really mess with anybody whenever they, whenever they want to. If they, if they, if they want to get you, they'll get you. That's right. That's right. And I guarantee you we're going to dive into that with this documentary full force. Absolutely. John, uh, and people can connect with you on social media, right? Yes. Uh, I am on Twitter at John M. Like Michael Stubbins. Uh, I am on Perfect. Facebook, Indivis- Indivisible with John Stubbins, uh, which is my show page, YouTube, Indivisible with John Stubbins, uh, and they can connect with me any one of those three. Uh, and uh, you know, love to hear from everyone, and hope that they will subscribe to my new show. I will add one more thing. Uh, David Padras, yeah, who I'm working quick, with, who's Mark, Le- yeah, Mark Levin, uh, his producer. Uh, David Padras is my is my producer. In, in his case, 
Adidas working behind the scenes to bring my show uh, to cable television here very soon. So I'll let you guys know when that happens. I love it. I love it, John. Uh, you, you know, you're you're doing. I'll tell you, in terms of uh, knowledge and political uh, value and, and things you've done over the years, um, it's it, it's beyond impressive. And and I always love having you on. And uh, you become a good friend of mine. And uh, we'll definitely uh, keep you as a regular. Let's get you on weekly, okay? God bless you, brother. Thank you, my friend. Um, I want to introduce U.S. congressional candidate from California. He just won his primary, James Bradley, good friend of mine. Haven't had him on a, in, a, in a while, but uh, welcome back, dude. What's the 411? Give us the latest. Uh, how the hell are you? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, man, despite the censorship going heavy here in, in Los Angeles. Let me tell you, I'm fighting every fight I can get in front of. But I, I just get back from the LAVA with my brothers and sister veterans that have been displaced from the, ve- the veteran-owned land and housing that they own. They've been displaced. So I'm fired up. I'm going to get in Congress, and I'm going to start, start taking down a few of those nefarious characters here in L.A. I love it. I love it. And for people that don't know, uh, obviously, you know, um, L.A. is a big place. What areas does your district cover? What areas? Uh, we're called the uh, the Silicon Beach area, the most affluent area district in, in the entire United States. The median income is about 125000 It starts up at uh, Agoura Hills, actually Calabasas, Agoura Hills. Then it shits over the coast, Malibu, down into Pacific Palisade, Santa Monica, uh, Brentwood, Beverly Hills. Uh, so you, you all the way down to Rancho, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, down to Palos Verdes. So all along the coast – and that is the Uber elite, uh, and all of good Hollywood is there. By the way, there's a lot of conservative Hollywood here. I'm trying to wake them up. Ah, tell us, tell us, tell us about that, man, because that, that's pretty much. I would say 90% of the conservatives in Hollywood, you never hear, you never hear from them because they're scared of backlash because they know that will end their career because it's a very liberal dominated industry. I mean, I'm not, I know there's a fair share of conservatives more than we think, but I'll tell you, they have that cult going on, and they have those elites who will take people down to the ground uh, if they oh, yeah, say yeah. anything. Well, you nailed it. We got James Woods out here. We got Scott Bayo. We got John Voight. Uh, we got Mel Gibson. We got a lot of, uh, let's see, uh, we got a ton of them, but, you know, that's kind Adam of Adam Sandler, Hollywood. Mark Wahlberg. Adam Sandler, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. Uh, you know, I even think Denzel is. I mean, I'm, I don't know for sure. I think he is. Uh, Vince Vaughn definitely is. Um, mm. Let's. I could keep going all day. Uh, who's another? Con- oh, we've got. Um, oh God! I mean, I, I have so many names. I was just talking about this with a friend the other day. I mean, there were so many superstars on that list. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. Republican all day long from Texas. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot. There's a lot, and, and they have a large following. But it's sad that more of them don't take the Kanye West approach and really you know, speak up for what's right and what they believe in. But I can understand they want to protect their careers. Oh, yeah. And by the way, these guys are uber women. So the ones that speak out, obviously, don't have to worry about their careers as much. But they do blacklist them, and that's going on as we speak. Uh, right. let, me, let me show my little background on some of these folks, okay, so they don't, they don't know me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I ran against Dianne Feinstein last election. 32 yeah, candidates in the left. 
11 of which were Republicans. I came out as the top Republican. So I almost beat out uh, Kevin DeLeon in the last election. Now, with that, that was the message from God. By the way, I'm Christian. I'm, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist. But despite living in Rhode Island, and I want to share a little bit about you. I'm a third-generation veteran. My grandfather, World War One, grandfather, my father in World War Two, and I served under Ronald Reagan. So, you know, made up from the right stuff. You know, brought up in a military family with the the, the esprit de corps. So, anyway, third generation. I got uh, two master's degrees. I got one in finance, another in international business and policy, with over 30 years executive management. Healthcare and international business. So, in the background, here you go. Listen, you're going to love this one. I was born in Rhode Island. That's the most bluest state, one of the biggest bluest states, from a big family of nine children. We had really diverse political ideologies, right, today. But most of us believed in the ideals of John F. Kennedy. JFK is the new Republican. JFK is the new Republican. However, you look at the Democrat Party now, they have shifted shifted the belief system into a far-left Marxist ideology, far-left. And that's what we're fighting here in California and throughout the U.S. This is Marxism slash communism. The CCP, Communist Chinese Party, owns a good part of California coming out. It's finally coming out, and they own a good part of Hollywood. My opponent, my opponent, Ted Lieu, some of you know him as Troll Ted, Twitter Ted, Tinfoil Ted. I call him Liar Lou because he's been in three terms. All he's been doing is lying to the constituents, playing party politics, and the man has got nothing. He's an empty suit, absolute empty. And listen to this. When the World Health Organization came over, uh, was well under the Carter administration, Ted Lou is in lockstep. He supports to this day transferring our intellectual property and manufacturing jobs to China. He will not back down. And now with the latest pandemic, he chooses to defend the Chinese Communist Party and also the origins of COVID-19. Now, this is where it gets a little bit deeper, and I want everyone to listen really close. Ted yeah. Lu has remained silent on the Communist Chinese takeover of Hong Kong, affecting over 7 million Hong Kong citizens, 7 million. Courts over 10,000 of them in they're incarcerated in re-education camps. That's not where it starts. Stop there. He's from Taiwan, by the way. He Ted remains silent on ta- Taiwan's KMT. The KMT is the Socialist slash Communist Party. They also have a Chinese Nationalist Party there too. But they are about to take over Taiwan. People don't know this, and if you read the news today. It's about to drop. 24 million, 24 million Taiwanese citizens are about to have a new government. Can you imagine that? And this man, this troll, Ted Lu, wants to – all he does, he sits on friggin' Twitter all day tweeting against a good president, a man that's beat all odds. And look, so I, I'm a little fired up today because I've been speaking about this, and I am just beyond – uh, and, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, Rory. Just the tip. You know, he's he glorifies. Listen to this. You're gonna blow this will blow you away. He chooses to support Thai Summit, Summit uh, terrorist Linus Sosor. He's backed by Care. He's backed by Muslim Brotherhood. 
He's backed by NIAC, which is the lobbying, lobbyist group for the mullahs in Iran. He has ties to North Korea. He's getting money from BLM, Blue, and many, many more. I mean, that's just a tip, brother. And I, I go into the veteran issues. I can talk about the Green Deal, homeless, education. This guy, I'll just hear it and we can go into the questions. Ted Lou, this is just education. Ted Lou chooses to support policies that are responsible for the sexualization of our children beginning in kindergarten. And, of course, he supports Common Core, right? That's the root of our failing educational system. And this I'll end it here, and we'll just open for call, you know, our conversation. Ted Lou voted against the Senate bill that was brought on the floor about two years ago. It's 1530. That is the anti-pedophilia law, which would have protected our children against pedophiles in our educational system. He voted against that. Man, it has to go. He, there's no – if you have a patriotic bone in your body, you better wake up, get out of the chill, get in the, get in the game, be a part of this army, because that's what we're fighting in Congress right now, along with Elon, Elon Omar and the rest of them. This guy is nefarious. He has to go. I'm the guy to do it. Amen. Okay, Amen. Yeah, yeah. He's I'll calm down, bro. He's a, James, he's a condescending prick. He really is. And, and, we, and we saw how he treated all these different people. You know, we saw how he went after Kavanaugh. We saw how he tries to go after Trump every second. He attacks conservatives. Uh, the guy has no morals or no ethics. I mean, he's really just a guy that sits there. I mean, he hasn't done any, anything for legislation, nothing for policy. <laughs> Um, I mean, what, what what is he good at? What are his talents? I mean, what let's he's good at parroting. Yeah, but you yeah. Know, I think <laughs> there you go. Tucker said. There you go. Tucker called him a clown. Yeah, I remember that one. I mean, and James. I mean, let let's talk about the demographics in your district, in your area, in the past, in just recent years. Are they more moderate? Are they more left? How, how do they roll? Because I know well, California, you, you know. Yeah, it used to be a D plus 16. That's the Cook's Index called PVI D uh, D plus 16. That was back in 2015. This last election, it dropped down uh, six points. Now it's a D plus 10. So that tells me that people are moving to the center. And that's where we get it. That's where we get it. Because, you know, we're not hard right. We're certainly not hard left. We're trying to create the bridge, the unity, and that's that's the center. So we get the Republican votes, we get the non-party, and we get those uh, centrist uh, Democrats. We get this election hands down. But here's the and, issue. And, J- and James, I'll tell you something. We need guys like you in there because people will feel comfortable living in California because you're a guy that will go out and do what's best for the middle class. You'll go help the business owners. You'll make sure that taxes you know, don't skyrocket or don't get ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You'll expose these cons who are out there stealing people's money. Oh, yeah. You know, we have the Santa Monica riots here. And I tell you, that day after I was on the ground, I met a lot of good people. I spent all that day just kind of cleaning up and helping the store owners and bringing some level of comfort back. And someone said, who are you? He said, I'm just James Bradley. I'm running for Congress. He said, you're the only politician came out. And I, I'm not shocked. I said, I'm not shocked. I said, we are, and we're, we're, we're offended. Store owners, the, the neighborhood. So that tells me, hey, people have had enough. They've had enough. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Got- and, and you know what? And I've said this many times on my show, James, and I'll say it again. Whether, whether somebody loves Trump or whether somebody hates Trump, he's opened a door for the outsider. You know, he really created that narrative for people on both sides to wake up to the corruption of the establishment, of the D.C. swamp. You know, obviously, we're, we are all on this panel conservatives. We, we love Trump. We think he, he's done a fantastic job. But there, there are those people that don't like him, but I think they realize that he opened, uh, you know, that door for, for, for a, a whole new discussion. You know what I mean? Because in the past, we were so used to the norm, which was just politicians running for president. I mean, and that, that was it. We didn't have outsiders. I mean, it's kind of a new thing, you know. You know, Trump really, really created something special. Yeah, he shook, he, he shook the tree. Finally, people are starting to wake up, people like myself, common people. They're saying, hey, not only have we had enough, but now we're going to get active in politics. And I'm encouraging everyone, run for city council, do whatever you can, get on the boards, because now this is where we make the change. You know, honestly, Rory, if we don't win this election, this is the end of America as we know it. That's why everybody what? needs to get fired up. Everybody. Have you seen any po- James? Have you seen any polling? Have you seen any like what? What? What's the um, reactions you're getting? Like what? What is it looking like for your situation right now? Well, I, I can only share with you what I know, and and that is, you know, we've done some internal polling ourselves, just a small sampling, but we're ahead of Ted Lou by five points right now. Wow, dude! I'm so proud of you, man. Good for you. Hey, you know, it's hard work. And, I, I, you know, I'm not playing the platitudes anymore. I'm just saying, hey, let's, let's get the job done. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of cleanup after this, this Democratic re- regime out here because we have Gavin Newsom. That guy is a real clown. We got uh, a lot of good friends running for Congress. Uh, Eric Early running against Adam Schiff. We got Joe Collins against Maxine Waters, and a really good guy, solid guy going against Karen Bass. His name's Errol Weber. These guys are solid patriots. Yeah, yeah, man, they're fighting. The yeah, fight. they all, all three, all three of those guys: uh, Joe Collins, Errol Weber, and uh, who you, you mentioned uh, one other one. Who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Errol Weber and uh, Eric Early. Yeah, I've had He's all the, I've had all of them on my show. I've had all those guys on my show. They're awesome, great, fantastic patriots. Yeah, they're my best buddies, man. We're like, even though we're not united in our front because we have our own fights because our demographics are so different and unique, but they're fighting a good fight. I think uh, Joe you guys got to be the new squad, man. You guys got to be the new There's, squad. You guys take well, over. You nailed it, man. You nailed it. I, I think in the <laughs> next month you're going to see some big. You're going to see some big movement. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm being censored heavy, 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 heavy. And, and I, I, I invite your uh, listeners to go Google this, W-A-P, that's W-A-P, James Bradley. This will blow you away. I'll leave it there. I want you to, everyone to read that. Have all the press yes. that any candidate can get. This is what I got. That's it. And I'll take it, man. Because, you know, uh, and we're doing – the biggest, one of the biggest issues we're facing out here is now with sex, sex trade, child trafficking. And that song promotes it. It denigrates women. So I spoke out about oh, it yeah. on Twitter, and I said, hey, I can't have that. I can't have that. I'm a dad. 
I cannot have this type of message going to and this is talking about the walk, you're talking about the wet ass you're talking about the wet ass putang they're talking about on all that's the time. one, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, yeah and the they, Democrats they, are the Democrats are enabling that. They're clapping for it. Yeah, I know and it's crazy. I got hammered on it. I got death threats over it. I said, Hey, bring it. I'm speaking the truth. I'm speaking from a father perspective. This should never happen. And honestly, that artist has a, a new. She has a daughter. I'm going. I'm shocked by this. Oh yeah. Shocked. I mean, I mean, the, 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 I'll tell you what. Let Let's just say some people should never have kids. Let's Let's just say that. I mean, so many bad, so many bad examples out there. I mean, and we're seeing it. Oh my God. You know, it's crazy what what these little kids. Hey. Are influenced and I, by. And I like rap. Basis. I like. There's certain rap I like. I like hip hop too. Of course. But, oh, of course. Um, Me too. Me too. Of course. But I'll tell you, some of these songs are so uh, repetitive and so uh, just disgraceful and and disturbing. And then these are the same people that want to lecture us on morals. Get the hell yeah, exactly. out of here. Oh, did you hear the one? Yeah. Hey, did you hear the one about uh, Biden? He comes out. He, what did what he say? He's trying to bring back the soul of the country. Did you see that this morning? No, I, I don't Biden think. I, oh, that. they were dancing with the black with the 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 the, the black black kids in the school with Camilla and him. Are you talking about that? No, it was a statement he made. He wanted to bring back. It's like a, one of his uh, stump speeches. He wants to bring oh. back the soul in America. I'm saying, so doesn't want. So doesn't Satan. Satan wants the soul of America <laughs> too. So what? Obviously, you're not Jesus Christ, are you, buddy? That's you. So I got up like to play on words, but that guy's he, obviously we already know what's going to happen to him to Kamala if they oh, ever he, have a. I don't think oh, they're going to win. I mean, I, don't I mean, so. dude, it's it's a you know, James, it's a joke, and you know, let let's never forget. And uh, this this doesn't stand well or or uh, really um, the narrative uh, of a black voter uh, by in terms of Biden's past the '94 crime bill. I mean that that alone oh, yeah. disqualifies him. I mean, he's screwed just over that. And we also saw Camilla locking people up over marijuana. Nobody wants to hear that shit. I mean, that's as oh, petty yeah. and silly as it gets. Jeez. I mean, come on. But, uh, James, Kamala. I love, dude, I love having you on. I love having you on. Well, go ahead. You wanted to say something? Yeah, Kamala incarcerated more of uh, my brothers and sisters of color yeah, more than any uh, uh, attorney general. Yeah. She's yeah. got that little yeah. uh, prize out on the wall. I'm saying, right. oh, God, no, no, what it, is she doing for the community? Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, it's it's sick. It's sick stuff. But, James, uh, stay with us if you can. Uh, but tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, where they can donate, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. People, this is the cry. This is your war cry now. Go to the website. I need every penny, every every penny you can contribute because I'm being censored, and I need to get the message out. That's this is billboard, this is radio ads, and I'm doing it. I'm getting, I'm finally getting donations, and so thank God for that. Bradley Congress, B R A D L E Y Congress dot com, Bradley Congress dot com. Go there if you want to volunteer, make calls. Go there and sign up for the form. We need you in this war. We need all hands at deck now. We're fighting for this our soul. Christ soul of our country. Now's the time to do it. Amen, amen, brother. Amen. I love your spirit. I love your enthusiasm. I love what you stand for. And you have great policies. America first. And uh, 
patriots like you need to be in D.C. protecting our president. And uh, let's definitely get you back on the program soon and stay, stay, stick around if you can. Thank you, Rory. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, I want to welcome to the show popular lawyer and popular talk show host. Um, we have Eric Matheny. Eric, what's up, buddy? Welcome back to the Rory Sodder Show. Hey, Rory. I'm a three-peat guest, man. I think you owe me a set of steak knives. I'll, you know, next time we see each other, I'll, this is, I'll, you know what? I won't, I won't just buy you steak knives. I'll buy you a steak, too. We'll get some beers. We'll celebrate, man. I, how are you, man? It's good to have you back. Uh, What's new? Give, give us the 411. Oh, man. Uh, it's been a crazy week. I've been listening to your show. you got some great guests on there. You're really blessed to have uh, really great listeners and people that want to come on your show and uh, especially talking about uh, what's going on in terms of race relations. And I, I know you talked about it this week. Um, I've really been personally troubled by what happened to five-year-old uh, Cannon Hint. Uh, I have two kids. I have two boys, seven and nine. I look at him five years old. I look at my own children. Uh, and I think right. that if, if the tables were turned, imagine where we would be. Just imagine for a moment where we would be if a 25-year-old white male walked up to a five-year-old exactly. black child Shot playing a in his black, front yard. If it was a little, yeah, if, yeah, Eric, exactly. If it was a little black kid, yeah. the media wouldn't stop talking about it. But since it's a little white, their narrative, and you know what, they, they are, the media is complicit. They are, they're the problem. They are liars. They don't tell, they don't tell the real facts. I mean, it's not 30 years ago anymore where they're reading us the news as they should it's all about the money driven agenda and you know what I, i'm sure this guy that shot him sounds like he was involved with the black lives matter protest and i'm seeing all this crap going around the country uh black lives matter leaders and antifa leaders getting bailed out of jail the next day uh just the black lives matter leader in north carolina just got bailed out overnight after causing so much chaos and terrorist acts and uh, you're right about this kid, though. This kid thing breaks my freaking heart. I can't even I can't even wrap my head around it. And you know what? This should make anybody sick to their stomach. But there's so many people that are so fixated and so stuck on this big mainstream media that they can't get out of their bubble. And and you know what? There's people making mean comments about this innocent kid on places like CNN, MSNBC. I mean, it's like it's turned into this whole, you know, white liberals only care if it's somebody of color. Like, and same with, same with black liberals. I mean, they only care about somebody of color. I mean, it's, it's so jaded. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, no, here's, here's the thing, Rory. What upsets me is, look, it's, it's a tragedy across the board. George Floyd was a tragic death. These are all tragic deaths. But the reason why we say all lives matter, and I say that proudly and I say that boldly, because, is because, because if we when don't, you, when, Eric, if we don't, if we don't say it, then my, my opinion is it delegitimizes every other race and basically doesn't give anybody else a voice, and it's a slap in the face. Go ahead, though. I want your thoughts. Well, no, that's, that's exactly it. It's that if we, if we only apply uh, life mattering to one group of people on the basis of skin color, then we automatically don't apply it to anyone else. Now, whether it's a, whether it's a local story or not, or, or, or that's really beside the point. The issue is that we know what would happen if the tables were turned. My God, Bubba Wallace found a piece of rope in a garage. We had to hear about that shit for a week. We had to, feel, we had to be made to feel bad about our color. We need to check our privilege and our white supremacy. We got lectured about that. Remember the woman in Central Park who called the cops on the guy who was watching the bird? We had to have a conversation on race. 
and a five-year-old child, the, the worst type of murder, a child murder, I've been in criminal law 13 years, I've been a prosecutor, I've been a defense attorney, the worst type of crime you could ever come across is the murder of a child, and George Floyd, a 46-year-old convicted felon high on fentanyl, burns the damn country down over his death, 70 nights of riots, Congress kneeling, race pandering over that guy, and a five-year-old child gets barely a mention. Uh, anywhere, if not for Twitter, I swear to God, I take my hat off to you know the wonderful digital soldiers on Twitter. If not for that, this would not be in the news. I swear to God, we got it trending today. We got it. I put out a tweet, uh, got over a million impressions on on Cannon, and we finally got Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, our really big voices, to hear it. I think the next thing is for the president. But the bottom line is this: it's tragic. Was the guy deranged? I don't know. I don't know anything about it other than it's tragic. But what we know is that. We have to be able to grieve equally. We have to be able to apply significance to all human life, irrespective of race. And the problem is there's a narrative. There's a narrative. There's a profit motive. There's an incentive to pin us against each other. And if we can cut through that and see just how insignificant and how damaging the mainstream press is, maybe we can get back to our humanity. Absolutely. Well, I I agree with you 100 percent. And, you know, I talked about this on my show the other night. I mean, look at how this all started. Look at how this all transpired. You, you know, you have the attorney general in Minnesota, Keith Ellison, who purposely, and, I, and I'm not only blaming him, but, you know, he's the main guy behind, you know, uh, this whole scenario in terms of the authority of releasing, uh, you know, the actual, the actual clips. But instead, he only did a 30-second clip and then months later, they decide to release the full footage. After all the damage is done, after all these riots, after all these, you know, looting situations, after all these people have suffered, and they did it for political gain. They did it because they wanted to advance their agenda. They, they did it because they wanted to cause a disruption and, and, you know, create this huge money-making narrative for the mainstream media. I mean, because you know what? Race, that's a perfect way to divide people. And they could, you know what, if they wanted to do the right thing, Minnesota would have released the full footage right away. But they didn't. You know, we're all basing everything off of 30-second clips these days, and then everybody's jumping the gun and jumping to an automatic assumption. When in reality, a lot of these 30-second clips, in the long run, when they get to a courtroom, prove to be bullshit, and then they show the whole footage, and then we see a justifiable uh, stance or situation uh, from the cop. Go ahead, though. Well, Rory, I'm going to disagree with you in some respect there. As a criminal defense attorney, as a prosecutor, Derek Chauvin is guilty, but he's guilty of manslaughter. He's guilty of negligent homicide. I think with the body cam footage that we all saw uh, and I think was purposely withheld from the public, uh, what we all saw was a suspect who was experiencing drug-induced psychosis. He was in the throes of a fentanyl. Uh, methamphetamine. I, there were a number of substances in the system, but he was having a panic attack. He was on drugs. He was a very agitated uh, and very large individual, too. We, we forget that, you know, Rodney King happened in 1992 back in L.A., where I'm from originally. Yeah. I remember that very well. And one of the reasons why the police were using the force they were is because Rodney King was a very large man. George Floyd is six foot six, 235 pounds. He's a huge guy, and it takes a certain degree of force 
for police officers, none of whom uh, on scene were terribly physically imposing, to maintain control over the suspect. Now, Derek Chauvin was 100% wrong to put his knee on the guy's neck for 8 minutes and 46 right. seconds. Right. I but think that me, will be Eric, a... Con- Eric, can I, Eric, can I pause real quick and I say one thing? And I, yeah, get, I understand. I, I absolutely agree with you about uh, it was wrong of the police officer to put his uh, knee on the guy's neck but don't forget, when they released the full footage, George Floyd said, I'd rather be on the ground. I don't want to be in the police car. So people have to take that into account. But I, I agree with you. It was inhumane and nasty what the police officer did with his knee. Well, let me, let me tell you one other thing, Rory, and we saw this with Michael Brown and we saw this with Freddie Gray. When cops, uh, when prosecutors who are elected officials overcharge for political gain it always leads to disappointment in the end. It will lead to riots. It will lead to even more uh, racial dissension later because people are going to say, oh, my God, the system's corrupt. It's the white supremacy system. He couldn't get a, a fair shake. George Floyd and this cop only got 10 years for manslaughter instead of life for murder. So when they charge these things inappropriately, they create these or rather kind of feed the beast and create these misconceptions about the justice system. It's based on the evidence. Look, George Zimmerman that's here in Florida where I live, I saw that coming a mile away. I said he's going to be acquitted. Casey Anthony, she's going to be acquitted. Why? Because you're trying to overcharge when the evidence doesn't prove the crime. The evidence is not going to support murder. It's going to support manslaughter, which manslaughter does not carry what murder carries. He may get 10, 15 years. And, you know, Minneapolis will burn. But I'm going to touch on one other thing you said. Uh, I disagree with you on another point that if the uh, body cam footage had been released earlier, we wouldn't have had the riots. I don't think so. I think we would have had riots regardless. Well, no, I, well, I, I kind of wanted to correct that. I don't think they would have been to the extent or the severity that they were if, we, if people would have saw the full thing. How do you feel about that, me kind of uh, correcting myself? Do you think that's a fair statement? I think you're dealing with a mob. I also think you're dealing with a general public in the United States that operates at about 10 IQ points above functionally retarded. We're not dealing with mental giants here. You give people just a little morsel of racism and say, go out and destroy shit, and they will. Mind you, we were coming off of COVID lockdowns. People were already angry to begin with. We're already divided. Just it was kind of a bubbling cauldron of being pissed off. So, no, there was nothing we could have done to stop it. The minute you saw the neck on the knee, it doesn't matter what led up to it. It doesn't matter if George Floyd was in a gunfight with these cops. There would have been riots. There would have been riots. You had the people at the top. You had the Soros. You had the organization. You had the money. You had the will. You had the anger. It was going to happen. It was going to happen one way or another. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, it's it really um, – I, I, where do we go from here, Eric? What are your thoughts? I mean, wh- where do we go? Because it just seems like every day – it, it, things are getting worse in terms of people in the streets. I mean, they, they're not stopping. You know, police are limited to what they can do. People, police are scared to do their jobs. And you know what? I, I, I'm all for getting rid of uh, the, the bad cops out there. And, and you know what? It's a, it's, a, it's a complicated and hard job, and I can only imagine what they have to deal with on a daily basis. But how do you see the future, man? I mean, I mean, they want to defund the police. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's out of control as an attorney. I, you know, what would that do for an attorney? I mean, I'm sure that would lose lawyers a lot of money. If they were going to defund the police, lawyers make a lot of money. off. Oh, 
court cases. Yeah, man. I, I always, I always joke about it. You know, if people made the right decisions, you know, I'd be a truck driver, I'd be a bartender and I'd probably be a lot happier, honestly doing that. But the bottom line is that, um, I, you know, and, and my co-host Bob Dunlap and I, that's, that's the name of our show is Bob and Eric save America. Cause we're, we're trying to figure it out. And, and I don't think either one of us is you know qualified to make that assessment, although we certainly try and have a good time doing it. And by the way, you are coming on the show September 12th. So I think your listeners need to know you're going to come on as a guest on our show September 12th. We have you down. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but where do we go from here? You know what? I, I think uh, we culturally, we have to win the battle. And I think doing what, we, what you and I do, you know, being on the air and just spreading ideas and spreading voices. I think that's one thing, but we got to crack some skulls. We got to like get the cops out where the riots are, and we got to crack some Antifa skulls. That you can't break windows, you can't burn down a courthouse. This is law and order in this country. You can peaceably assemble here. The minute you take it to the street, the minute you stand in front of a car, the minute you threaten, the minute you start a fire, we're gonna thump your skull. You can't do that. And we need to come at them with force. And who cares what they say? They're gonna call us racist anyway. They're gonna hate us anyway. Who cares? At least let's get some peace, get some law and order while we're at it, not pander to them. And Eric, do you do you think it's going to be like that? Do you think we're going to really? I mean, we see how they're acting right now. Imagine if, when Trump wins on election day. Imagine what's going to happen. I mean, we're probably going to see blood in the streets. I mean, don't you think we should be prepared to, uh, as patriots, uh, stand up for our country? Because I can only see the violence escalating. Yes. Uh, and I've been saying that for a long time. I've been saying that since before COVID, since before the riots, I've been saying that for a long time. Yes. What you need to do. And, uh, you know, I'm no prepper. I'm no survival expert, but, you know, hear me out. Uh, buy guns, buy ammo uh, on election night. If you can vote early, if your state has early voting, vote early. Do not be out on the road. Be home in your home. Locked everyone you love in your house. Do not leave. Um, I would also, uh, we've talked about this on the show, being community-minded. Now, just kind of modern society doesn't really lend itself to being neighborly. I remember when I grew up in the 80s and 90s, I knew everyone on my street. Now it's not, you know, not, it's not like that anymore. We kind of go in our house and kind of mind our own business. But you should know the people that live next to you across the street. And, you know, I bought a Trump tent sign in my yard. I've had it up for a long time. Nobody messes with me. I know who the friendlies are in the neighborhood. I know who... I can trust you need to be community minded. You need to say like, Hey, you know, if things get bad, if the protests come here, what are we going to do? And, and be community minded. Um, the problem is though, you see people like the McCloskey's who are standing outside their house armed, protecting their neighborhood. They're being prosecuted for it. So people are afraid, but the bottom line is that um, better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. I mean, honestly, if you have to defend yourself, you know, even if it means criminal charges, you do what you got to do to preserve life. And I'll tell you, man, this, this whole, uh, you know, this election thing, you know, is, is, is troubling to me. You know, the whole voter, voter fraud, you know, we really have to pay attention. Um, it's nothing to joke about, you know, and, and big tech. And uh, Camilla, for instance, Camilla Harris's uh, press secretary, uh, her old press secretary, now works for Twitter. He's on the uh, board there. He's like one of the high ups. And if you, you talk about a conflict of interest much, I mean, you know, they're, and they're, so, they're doing so much to try to ruin this election. It is dangerous, dangerous times, and we're just seeing how everything is backwards in America. I mean, another thing is, you know, all these businesses that are supporting Black Lives Matter, 
I mean, are we, are we joking right now? I mean, we all know Black Lives Matter is built on lies. And now Columbia Sportswear get, giving sponsorship to Bubba Wallace, uh, the Jesse Smollett 2.0. I mean, wh- where are we in society? Are, are, have, we, have we lost our minds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that happened a long time ago. That, that's not anything new. We've been on a downward trajectory culturally since the late 90s. I mean, I blame reality TV and then social media. And we've kind of rewired the way we think. And especially with younger generations, um, they don't know anything else. Like, you know, those of us that are a little bit older, and I'm not terribly old, but a little bit older, it's like we had an analog childhood. We know how to survive. We know how to survive beyond ourself. You know, you don't have the means of survival in your hand. Imagine if you're 20 years old. I mean, imagine if you were raised in social media, if this is what you know, if your idea of affirmation is not based on character, but based on how many likes and retweets you get, your whole psyche is warped. So we're dealing with just kind of a generational explosion of, of a perfect storm that's occurred of parents that don't want to discipline their kids, that want to knock every obstacle out of their way, that want to take the sides of the kids over the teachers when the kids get in trouble in school. Uh, and, and to add to that, the kids don't have competition in sports. Everybody gets a trophy. And they're living their lives in social media and they're basing their self-worth on uh, a dopamine feedback loop where how many retweets or how, how can people like my picture? It's not, you know, what kind of character I have or the deeds I do. It's, it's the appearance of it. I saw a great cartoon the other day of a homeless guy sitting there holding up a sign. We'll work for food and two well-dressed white guys walking by. I'm looking at their phones going, Oh wow. My retweet on homelessness got 19,000 retweets. Look at that. And that's just it. No, I know that just totally defines where we are culturally. Yeah, I mean, people people are doing stuff for validation. I mean, people are doing stuff for likes. I mean, it, it's really come to that. You bring up a great point, Eric. Eric, um, stay stay with us if you can. Um, dude, I love having you here. Um, tell everybody where they can get involved with you and connect. Well, thank you, Rory. I always love being on the show. And, again, guys, September 12th, Rory's coming on our show, stepping into Bob and Eric Save America land. We're going to have a lot of fun with Rory then. Uh, Bob and Eric Save America is the name of the podcast. You can check it out iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Eric M. Matheny. I am on Parlor. I'm not very active over there, but you can follow me there with the same handle at Eric M. Matheny and check out my show every Saturday at noon and then download uh, every Sunday uh, uh, for podcasts on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Um, always a pleasure. Um, stay with us. Uh, Everybody, right when we come back, we will be having famous business mogul and worldwide speaker Jim Cathcart joining us. This guy is a legend. He's got millions of followers. He's been around for a long time. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. He's been on TV. He's been on in newspapers. He's been on every magazine. Uh, We can't wait to talk to him. It's been about a year since he's been on the show, so this is going to be fun. Uh, Stay with us. This is the Rory Sauter Show. Beautiful night. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless absence every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? 
Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. Coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Damn, I'll tell you, I, lo- I love the summer. I love the heat. 100 degrees today, 100 degrees. Um, I want to introduce right now a good friend of mine. Uh, haven't had him on the show in about a year, but uh, everybody knows this guy. He is worldwide. He's been around for so many years. He's met some of the biggest stars. He's worked with some of the biggest names in the industry. Famous business mogul and worldwide speaker, Jim Cathcart. Jim, what's up, mm-hmm. man? Hey, I'm after that build up. I can't wait to hear what I've got to say. I tell you what, it's a beautiful <laughs> night in Austin, Texas, too. We saw the sunset yeah, over Lake yeah. Travis tonight. Oh, gorgeous! And we were 103. And, yeah. and Jim, I saw I saw on your Facebook. Uh, I you know you left California, and I can only imagine why. Probably because the taxes. <laughs> probably because where they were taking the the political ideology, which they're trying to make it third world. I, I'm sure you just you had enough, right? 
Exactly. Every day it felt more like we were moving into a you know a communist country or something, and uh, you know yet another just simple life behavior was off the list of possibilities. And uh, my wife had told me two or three years ago. She said, "I I want to leave California, except our son and our grandkids are here." And, and uh, finally, this hit. And we weren't even thinking about leaving California act- actively until early March. And when it got so restrictive, I said to her, you know, if we ever are going to leave, now's the time to do it. And she said, well, when they lift the restrictions. I said, no, I'm talking like tonight. And she right. laughed and she said, well, okay. And we listed our home for sale the next morning. And our realtor called us a couple of days later and said, can I go active? Can I put it on multiple listings? And I said, yes, but I'll only accept a full market price offer. She showed it to two people the next day, and the first guy bought it for full price. Wow. Overnight. Wow. Overnight. Overnight. No negotiation. Yeah. And then I had a new problem. I was homeless, you know, so we had to rent it back for a month. While I shopped in Austin online, and we bought a house in Austin that we never saw in person, and and drove all the way across the country, and then shipped all our stuff. And uh, when we arrived here the seventeenth of June, it was the first time I'd ever seen the house. And and, and I'll tell you now, now. Let me let me ask you this. You know, obviously, you know, Texas is the most American, most patriotic, the most. You know, I mean that that's that's the best place. Yeah. One, at least one at least one of them. You know, I'm in Arizona, which is a another great wild yeah. wild west area to be in. Very, you know, for the most part, there's there's a lot of conservatives here. Sadly, I don't like some of the politicians that have yeah. been recently elected, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, right. it, it's definitely a, a whole. I, you know, what do you think, though, so far? I mean, much different than California. Much better, probably. Well, you, you know, probably almost, you deal with humidity, I can imagine, which is different. But um, Yeah, well, I grew up in Arkansas, so this is familiar. It's just hotter. Um, but when I got here and started connecting with people, it yeah. felt like home. You know, I, they were conservative, pragmatist people that, believed in doing what works and doing what right, not what's symbolic or, or make somebody feel like they're doing something cool, whether they are or not. You know, that was the thing in California that was so easy. It, 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 people just bought into that whole leftist mentality that if you do something symbolic, that's more important than doing what works. And that's such absurdity and insanity. And then I get here and I find out today that our city council has voted unanimously to reduce the funding of the police. So I wrote a letter or an email to every single member of the city council of Austin as my opening salvo for, you know, hi, I'm in your city. Please go reverse the vote just made. Good heavens. So it's all around us. I tell you, Rory, I mean, you know, I listened to your previous guest tonight. And I totally get it. You know, we are in a, a a period where evil has reared its ugly head, shown its claws, and stepped out into the sunlight. I mean, what what we see going on in Portland and places like that around the country, what you hear 
in the off-camera moments from Tommy Harris and, and uh, other people like her, oh, my God. You know, that's pure on socialism slash communism, and socialism just yeah, a waiting it, tool for communism anyway, you know. Yeah, you know, it, it really is mind-blowing. And, you know, we're seeing a really shift in our culture like never before. I mean, I've never in all my years, you know, I'm, I'm almost 30. You know, I've, I've, I've lived quite some time, and, I've, but I've, I've never. I've ne- twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'll tell you, Jim, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's crazy because here's the problem, and you bring up a good point. Austin, you know, I believe has brought in a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of Democrats that have moved there that are, you know, I think influencing the, these sort of um Things these votes and off you know Texas yeah, for the I most think, part very Republican. So I don't think it's so much the people that are moving in. You know, if you look at the the influx, fifty three percent of the recent moves to Austin last couple of years have been from yeah. the state of Texas itself. Seven percent right. have been from California, and then they've been from New York and other places too. But the people that are leaving those places aren't just leaving because of prices. They're leaving because of policies. And so the Californians that are moving here, it's a a great loss to California because they're losing conservatives. And um, the the reason Austin is so much more liberal than other cities typically in Texas is item one, this is the seat of government. So naturally you've got all the lobbyists and all the, you know, everything, every kind of a – insect that hangs around government uh, when there's raw meat. Then you've got universities, several universities here, and the education community is rife with, with liberal thinking. And, right. you know, the combination of those two, I think, is, is the uh, main factor when it comes to um, liberalism in Austin. But I, I'm an absolutely lifetime committed conservative. And in Texas, I'm proud to say I'm a Texan. And when I say I'm a Texan, I mean I'm a person that believes in America. I believe in freedom. I believe in not only independence, but the responsibility that goes with it. And when I'm doing the speeches around the world, and last year I did 71 days of lectures to tens of thousands of people inside the country of China, all over You're the country, amazing. 23 different cities. And I was, I was teaching them how to become more self-reliant. And I said to them, because I had to start this way in order to, to not get shut down, item one, respect your government. Item two, respect your ancestors and your family. Item three, respect your gifts. You were born for a reason. You have the ability to make the world better. And if you don't do it, you cheat the rest of us out of what you could have brought. So don't just become another bee in the hive like all the other generations have. Explore your gift, expand your gift, and apply your gift. Amen. Amen. You know what? You're absolutely right. And, you know, I I want to, Jim, I want you to tell everybody. Just just your background, because it's been a while since you've been on the show, but you've sure. lived a hell of a life. I mean, you, you've written <laughs> several books. 
You've written several yeah, books. You've shared, the, you've shared the speaking stage with some of the biggest names in the industry. You've worked with some sure. of the most notable influences uh, that have ever, you know, yep. worked in entertainment. I mean, it goes on and on. The list goes on and on. I have I've been super, super blessed. I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. My dad was a phone repairman. My mom was a housewife taking care of me, my sister, and my grandfather, who was an invalid from a stroke and never spoke or moved for the last seven years of his life. And um, so I didn't expect anything other than just a regular, ordinary life and just be another statistic. Uh, But then one day I heard Earl Nightingale on the radio, and he had a show that was a motivational show back in the 60s. And I heard him in 1972. And he said it in that little five-minute show when I was a government clerk, 50 pounds overweight, smoking two packs a day, never achieved anything noteworthy in my life. He said, if you will spend one hour extra every day studying your chosen field, five years from now you'll be a leading expert. And I did the math. An hour a day extra, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, that's over five years, that's 1,250 hours. If it was focused wow. on only one lane, one subject, of course you'd be a leading expert. And then I had a new dilemma. What did I want to be an expert at? I didn't know. You know, I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have money. didn't have connections. And I thought, I want to do what he's doing. But I had two problems. I'd never given a speech, and I had nothing to say. That'll keep your fees low. And uh, so I started thinking, okay, I'm going to take him at his word and become a fanatical student of personal development. And I did. And when I say fanatical, look it up in the dictionary. That's the version I mean. I would spend every spare minute listening to recordings, reading books, talking to anybody that seemed to be a success seeker like I was. And it led me to become a trainer teaching other people's courses and then developing my own and then writing a book, and then co-authoring another one, and then writing some more. Today I've published 20 books. I've delivered 3,300 paid speeches all over the world. I've been president of the National Speakers Association. I've received every major award professional speakers get, from the Toastmasters Golden Gavel to the Speaker Hall of Fame, the Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame in London, uh, you know, on and on and on, the Cabot Award from the uh, National Speakers Association. And, oh, my God, what a life. What a blessed life I've, I've been given the privilege to, to live. And so I'm using this life to set an example for how other people can live their life more abundantly, even if, like me, they started with virtually no real hope of doing anything substantial. I love it, man. You know, your your story is, is is just remarkable, and, and any anybody can go Google your name, and they'll find so many things. I mean, you're everywhere. I mean, you've done That's all the these different the projects. I, I googled me the other day, and it was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listings. So if people want yeah. to find me, I'm I'm as easy to find as as grass in a yard. You know, it's Jim Cathcart on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on, on you know, cathcart.com is my website. Um, so it's easy to find me, and I encourage people to watch, like, to watch my TED Talk. I did a TED Talk yeah. a few years ago that's now in the top 1% of the top 1% of all the TED Talks in the world. 
it's got 2.1 million views with no promotion. Unbelievable. Right. So people are evidently yeah. really thirsty for how to believe in themselves and live a more abundant life. And I hope I can help. And, and Jim, let me ask you something, because, you know, we, we see this realm of, of, of sale, you know, speaking, marketing, you know, what you're doing, how it's really, yeah. it's just gone to a whole new level of, of success. There's so many ways people can capitalize in this industry. Yeah. And you have all these people, you have all these people like Grant Cardone, uh, Jordan Belfort, yeah. um, you yeah. know, Dan, Dan Pina, Dan Pina. I mean, there's so many different big, yeah. huge names. Tony that are Robbins, doing these mentors. Brown, yeah, Tony Brian Dott, Tracy. Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah these are, so it goes these on are and all on. the people and they, and they that I've these... known, known for years. Oh, go ahead. Zig Ziglar. I was speaking you know, for you... Zig passed away now, but I, I was speaking for Zig's company just uh, one week ago. And Zig and I were good yeah, friends have... when he was alive. Yeah. Yeah, and you you know all these guys. You know you know the Gary. You know Gary V. You know Tony Robbins. You know all these big names. Uh, you yeah. know, have you ever thought about doing your own mentor program? I mean, that you'd be help, you'd be so good at it. That's what these all these others do are it. doing. And that's how. Oh, go I ahead. I actually thanks. do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when the COVID thing hit, I said, you know what? I'm I'm going to stop referring to myself as a professional speaker and author. And when people say, what do you do? I'm going to say, I mentor high achievers. And I only work with people who have decided that they are going to succeed, not those who are trying. Because those who have decided they're going to succeed will do what's necessary to get the job done. And those who haven't, those who are simply dabbling, you know, they're in the waiting pool, they will give up too easy and too early. I mean, when I decided I was going to become an expert in the field of personal development, I had no reason to believe it was possible. And someone asked me one time, how did you know you would succeed? And I said, because I knew I'd never give up. I, you know, it might be harder, cost more, take longer, be more painful than I thought, but that didn't change the goal. I still knew I would succeed at this. And... You know, now then it's starting to work. <laughs> and so I mentor other people. I do small group mentor programs where I have people meeting with me through Zoom calls with a very small group of similar-minded people over a period of about 8 or 12 weeks. And, boy, we're able to achieve some amazing things. It's very it's very impressive. It, it's beyond impressive. Um, you know, it's what a life you've led. And, and, you know, you, you, you've talked about, you know, how you came from, you know, this small town in Arkansas and, you know, you created this empire. I mean, you are the definition of the American dream, you know, and many people. I aspire truly to be am like living you. it. And, and, and I'm yeah. so, so deeply grateful and thankful to God. And, for you, it. and you're such a, hum, you're such a class act too. You're such a humble individual. You know, you, you're out there, giving giving your knowledge to other people you know you're giving all your insight you're giving all your wealth of information to those people that were once you you know that didn't know for sure where they were going in life you know i mean you you really have that heavily heavily um 
strong, you know, uh, influence. I mean, and that's powerful. That's beautiful. That's a really, um, just, you have to be so talented to have that gift. Well, no, I don't think so. Because I didn't start off talented at all. I didn't, I didn't have any indicator. You did did it. Yeah, it evolved. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's kind of like, boy, Jim, that's a big house. How'd you build it? One board at a time. And it didn't look very big for the first several years. And uh, that's that's been the thing with my career. You know, I, I just kept building on each little achievement. And then it got me to a different level. And then I'd be accepted in a different group and then asked to serve on a board or a committee or something. And, you know, and then, then a publisher would say, hey, you got a new title coming out, you know? And, and so now I've been published with, uh, St. Martin's Press and McGraw Hill and Simon and Schuster and Nightingale Conan Corporation and you know most all the big players. So um, I'm able to reach more people through that. But what's amazing to me is a little speech, a little eight and a half minute speech I gave in Delray Beach, Florida, a few years ago at a TED TED talk has had more reach than almost any of my other products. And that's been over 43 years of full-time professional speaking and training. Dude, I love it. I love it. I love it, man. (laughs) And you, you, let me ask you this. What what are some of the things you're working on? Well, I've got two or three, I've got three books in the works right now. And uh, all three of them are, are co-authored, where I found someone, a protege or a colleague, who loves the same thing that I'm working on. And uh, one of them is a revision of my book, The Acorn Principle. And then I've got one that I, I'm working on that's focused on networking and, and building relationships intelligently. And then I'm working on another one for entrepreneurs specifically on how do you grow a a sustainable career of success as an individual business owner and provider, service provider. Um, and so I'm, I'm doing that, but I'm also, you know, running mountain trails and playing guitar and singing and uh, been doing that for several years. My wife and I performed for eight solid years in California at, at uh, nightclubs in the uh, Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village area, which was a hoot. And so I got three guitars within two feet of me right this moment, and life's pretty good. I love it, dude. I love it. I love it, Jim. Um, I wanna, Jim. I wanna get you back here soon. Um, you know, I, you're always uh, a, a, a strong wealth of information. You give so much insight, and you have so much knowledge on life. I mean, your resume is a novel. I mean, it's. It's overly <laughs> beyond you. impressive. I mean, everybody should follow you and really, you know, uh, just take after you for, for, for examples. I mean, you're, you're a guy that really uh, is a jack of all trades. I mean, uh, just a superstar. And, um, I, I want come well, back by the way, I encourage you, uh, anyone that wants to, to get sort of a fillet of Jim, you know, what is the main uh, message from Jim that they can get out of one thing? I would say get my latest book, my 2020 book, The Power Minute. It's it, You can get it on Amazon or, you know, Barnes & Noble, whatever. 
but the power minute and it came out in April and the power minute is the moment of opportunity between when you're thinking about something and when you first take action on it. I love it. Jim, Jim, let's get you back here either next week or the week after. I want to talk to you a lot more, a lot more, a lot more stories I want to get into. Um, I mean, we, we could talk for hours. Um, I, I have to get to the next guest, though. But, I, I, I dude, I'll tell you, man, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm fascinated by all, all your, your adventures and all your success. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate the privilege of being on this show. And, my God, what a reach you have. Good for you. Bravo. Keep up the good work. Thank you, my friend. God bless. And uh, I, we will have you back on in the next week or two. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. Um, let's make sure we have military legend Stephen Mitchell. Stephen, how are you? Hey, Roy, doing great. And uh, I just before going any further, I just like to welcome Jim to Texas. I'm a native Texan. I've been here except when I've been in the military, deployed to other countries. But uh, uh, glad to have folks that uh, are red pilled move into California all day long. Absolutely, absolutely. And, Stephen, what's on your mind? What's new? How the hell are you? Um, yeah, so give us the 411. Yes, yeah, so I'm doing – Roger, doing, doing, doing well. So so I got a, I got a couple of master's degrees, and uh, one of them in uh, strategic studies. And I have studied extensively Marxism, communism, socialism, uh, because – not because I support them, but to know your enemy. And uh, – and so when when Camilla was announced the other day, I joined in the course because there's so much baggage there uh, with a lot of tweets. But then I sit back and I thought, what is going on here? Why are they doing this? And uh, and then I thought, you know, what, what's what's the end game? What's the long game? They got two terrible candidates here between, you know, Slow Joe and Phony Camilla. And and then I started, you know, some other things tonight. You had a bar on the Hannity show. One of the things he said was the Democrats are being very irresponsible about, uh, you know, encouraging this, this potential for voter fraud. You've got a divided country, and then you potentially have voter fraud on top of that. And what's that going to cause after the election? And I submit to you that's all on purpose. It's typical Marxist tactics. So what they're actually trying to do. Is, is to destabilize the country. They want massive voter fraud. And if you look at resist accounts on Twitter today, the resist accounts, a lot of them are talking about how Trump is going to use voter fraud to win the election because they always blame on the other side what it is they're doing. So this is what I think, this is my prediction of what's going to happen. They know that, that, that Biden-Harris is not a winning ticket. That's why those two candidates are on there, the throwaways. Those weren't their, their promising people in the party. They're saving them for later. They, 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 they are going to encourage massive voter fraud in order to delegitimize Trump, the Trump win that they know is coming. That's, that's, their, that's their plot. And then they're also going to take to the streets because of that in massive riots as soon as, as, as the election comes in, and they're going to – you know, rekindle their urban guerrilla warfare, which is another tactic for the Marxists on how they take over the country. And that's what you're seeing all across the country right now is urban guerrilla warfare. You can call them riots all you want to, but that's what it is. 
So it's that's true. Is my prediction. That's what's going to go on. And and it, and and their long game is to destabilize the country as much as they can, delegitimize the yeah. president, and if they if they can make it to where they do stabilize enough to actually turn into a full out war, they will. Absolutely, Stephen. Stay on stay on the line. I'm still talking to you, but I I also want to get uh, uh, NYPD police officer and political consultant Joe Murray. Joe, you've been on the front lines out here fighting law enforcement. For so long, I mean, what what are your thoughts on everything that's going on? Crazy times, man. Rory, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the show, particularly tonight. You had an amazing cast of guests. Uh, Jim Capcart, Capcart. I gotta tell you, I usually tell people that oh, I'm only 53. I live such an exciting life. If I die, I want to come back as me. I'm starting to think maybe I want to come back as Jim. I mean, that guy's incredible with the, the stuff he did. So, uh, but let me just touch base on a couple of things that are really just gnawing at me. I read in the paper just a little while ago uh, in the New York Post about the 9-11 memorial that we have every year uh, since 9-11 that they have canceled. They have canceled the memorial in lights. And the reason what? behind it is this COVID nonsense. Uh, yes, the 9-11 tribute in light. There was a New York Post article that just came out at 8.51 p.m. Uh, a couple hours ago. And uh, they're canceling it out of concerns for COVID. But what they're saying is that, uh, not, and you, you know, earlier they announced that they're no longer going to read the names of all the 2,900 some odd number of uh, of uh, people who perished on 9/11, and they've done that every year. They said they're not going to do that this year. And if that wasn't enough, tonight they just announced that they're canceling the light show, where they they have those two beams where the tower stood uh, for everyone to see. You could see it for miles. And they said, and this is ridiculous, an incredibly difficult. It was an incredibly difficult decision. But because of the manpower that it, it takes to maintain these lights, it would be unsafe with COVID. That's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I'm really shocked about it because that 9-11 memorial is a federal memorial. And I wonder if the White House knows about this decision that just came down. And, and Trump being out- a New York native, you, you would think he would step in and do something about it. Rory, I, I hope because of your show has such wide reach, we got to get word to the president. This is outrageous. I mean, I, I was a police officer. I responded to Ground Zero 9-11. I recently, about a month ago, lost another friend of mine uh, for complications. Uh, you know, he had cancer that he developed, uh, complications to 9-11 at Ground Zero. It's just outrageous, you know, that they're shutting down the 9-11 memorial. The light show. So, uh, if at all possible, if anyone is listening that has access, we got to get the president in on this. It's really outrageous, and and I can't believe that's what they're doing now. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, there was some good news I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, you had thankfully, I really appreciate it, you had my friend John Cummings on the show. John is running against AOC in the 14th uh, Congressional District in New York. 
John is his campaign is really catching fire. You know, talk about 9/11. You remember after 9/11, it kind of brought us all together. It united us. We 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 saw the enemy and we fought back and we helped each other. I am starting to see that happening again. Unfortunately, the enemy is from within here that we have to band together to fight against, but I'm seeing more and more people coming together, supporting candidates. John raised over $4 million in his district already. Um, you know, I went to another fundraiser recently for Joanne Ariola. She's the Queens County uh, Republican chairwoman. She's running in a race, a very important race. It's the borough president against one of the most anti-police Democrats we have, Donovan Richards. So I was so happy to see that event was well attended. There's going to be another one Wednesday uh, next week. Yeah. So um, I, I also wanted to, if you don't mind, I've been working with Ed Mullins, the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association of the NYPD. Ed is, is quite the labor leader. Uh, he's done some yeah. amazing things. He's yeah. on the job 39 years. Uh, he's very much interested in doing your show, um, but he has—he's got his hands full. He's doing so many things. We launched this this other digital media called Inside Blue 360, and it's all over. It's the same tag everywhere. It's it's on the internet. The website is obviously www.insideblue360.com. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram and Facebook. Joe, 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 yes. Joe! I, I need to, I need to interrupt you real quick. I, I plan to get you back on the show next week. Uh, I'm going to get you on uh, first thing Tuesday. I'm going to get you on the op- when when we open the show because there's a lot I want to talk to you about. But I do have to close here in the next two minutes. Uh, I just want to let Stephen finish, but uh, w- tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect, real quick. Real well, quick. like I said, I'm, I'm working with. And on the inside blue 360, you can contact anywhere on social media. It's the same tag. And thank you so much. I really enjoy your show, and I'm happy to be back. Absolutely. Stay with us for the last couple of minutes if you can. And everybody, you can find uh, Joe Murray as well at Joe, Joe Murray Law on Twitter. Uh, he's always on there. He's active. So, um, But, Stephen, going back to you, man, um, tell us what's on your mind. we got about two minutes left. Uh, also, you can tell everybody where they can connect with you. And, and, and Stephen, I'm going to get yeah. you back next week. Stephen, I'm going to get you back next week, and we're going to make uh, you one of the first people because I know you have a lot to say, and uh, it's just been crazy. The scheduling for the show has been overbooked like you wouldn't believe the last couple weeks. Uh, it's just, yeah, I'm sorry about this to everybody. Hey, Rory, you've had some great guests on, and and I, I, I I'm connected with several of them on social media, so you know I it was it was good to have them on. So. To connect with me, you can get me on Twitter. I'm at C-O-L-S-D-M. Uh, same thing on, on uh, Potter, C-O-L-S-D-M, and I'm Stephen Mitchell on, on uh, LinkedIn if you're on there. So you can get to me any of those places. And, Stephen, final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts real quick about anything, any topics? Yeah, so this is going to get crazy. I, I'm, I, you know, that's my, that was kind of my point earlier. This is really going to get crazy with the Democrats. They're, they're – their whole plan, whether they win or lose, is to further destabilize America and further, you know, fractionalize it and make it more divided. And, and that's what their end game is going to be. And so I, I'm, you know, everybody, all the patriots got to get out and vote. You go vote in person. That's my 
my thing, so that we can minimize this voter fraud and keep them from having that catalyst to start even more craziness the minute we have this election. They're going to do it anyway. I think they're going to try and, and, and block folks from voter places with Antifa and BLM, those Marxist organizations, and do everything they can to make this thing crazy. I agree. I agree. Amen. Amen. Uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. I always love having you with us. All right. Thanks, Lori. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, everybody, I want to thank you all tuning in tonight. Um, I love you. Have a fantastic weekend. We will see you on Tuesday. Until then, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.